Hey everybody, welcome back to Searching for Political Identity. This is your host, Brian Escal. Could not be happier to be with you. Today's January 22nd, 2022, and this is episode 38. Uh, I'm just going to ask you to subscribe to my shit. Subscribe to my channels, please. Um, because that's good for me, and at the end of the day, we're all selfish people. And I'm not kidding. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that what it's about? What, do you want me to lie to you? Come on, I want you to subscribe to my show. Okay, so without further ado, here's my guest, E.H. Ivins. We just wrapped up a nearly three-hour discussion, and it was very interesting, I have to say. So enjoy this episode. Leave me a note on Twitter or wherever. Um, but I, I guess I will say about Twitter, you can, uh, you can access all my channels from the link in the bio that I have on Twitter. So follow me at Brian Escal. B-R-I-A-N-E-S-K-O-W. And click the link in my bio and subscribe to all my stuff, if you don't mind, if you're interested. So without further ado, here's a three-hour conversation with a dude, and it was pretty fucking awesome. Enjoy. E.H., great to talk to you. Here I am. What, great to what, talk to you, too. E.H. is an interesting name. Does it stand for something, or is it just E.H.? Edmund Herbert. You can call me Herbie. Herbie. All my friends do. Yeah, all my friends call Where me. Where are you Herbie. from? I was born in Miami Beach. I was raised between Miami Beach and Pittsburgh. Long story. Ended up in Arizona. Um, went in the military, yada, yada, yada. And now I'm back in Phoenix. And uh, yeah, there you go. So how, when did you start your podcast, Radical The Radical Reset? I started it uh, a couple of years ago, and then I, I went on sabbatical for a while while I decided what I wanted to do with myself. Mm. And then I decided, okay, now we're ready, and I put together a team, and now we, we just this last Monday began launching our YouTube ad campaign, hmm. and uh, I relaunched the podcast as, a, as a, a, da a daily, weekday daily. Gotcha. Very cool. No, I, I like it. The branding is just the image. Is, I frankly haven't listened to an episode yet. I'm planning to. That's but, okay. I'm fine. But why don't we talk about anti-politism? Because that's well. What is anti-politism? Well, I thought of it. There you go. So anti-politism is a newism that does away with voting and replaces it with um, a lottery system. So so let's let me explain. Let, let me back up. Whoa. Okay? Whoa. Okay. So to me, the problem is not. You know, as we're screaming at each other from the left and the right, mm -hmm. we really have more in common than we do opposed but you know people it's psychology and you know this is what's never discussed you know we we, we talk about things as if they're static mm -hmm. this is why so many predictions go wrong but when you mix in human psychology people get into their echo chambers they start screaming at each other and then the politicians on either side are experts at manipulate at manipulation mm -hmm. right it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. and if you look at the disaster that the that the military industrial complex welfare state has become mm -hmm. You know, and the and the enormous amount of fiat currency and everything else, it really was inevitable and in fact was predicted, believe it or not, in 1805 by Alexis de Tocqueville, mm. who famously said, the American Republic will come to an end when the politicians figure out they can bribe the people with their own money. Mm. And that is exactly wow. where we are, except we ran out of our own money. That's why there's so many de Tocqueville societies around the United States. And he actually predicted this. And the president, the worst president in U.S. history, is who set this in motion. In motion in 1913 was Woodrow Wilson, the most evil man in history. Why? Tell me more and specifics. Explain, please. Why? 
Woodrow Wilson caused 200 million deaths in the 20th century. So when World War I was going on, when it, before it was World War I, it was just European powers. It was a world war in the sense that it was a war about, about colonies, okay? The Germans felt that they were getting short shrifted in Africa. I'm being very simplistic. Yeah, Most Americans yeah, don't know what's Perfect. going on. Yeah. The, the Germans felt that in addition to Namibia, which they held, they deserved more colonies. They built up their navy. It became... It, it was like a nuclear arms race, except it was dreadnoughts, which is what they used to call battleships. One thing led to another. You know, the Archduke was Namibia assassinated. Is in Africa, right? The Southwest. Oh, is it Southwest? So Germany yeah, was, was saying, okay, so there was deep into okay, Africa, but, but, colonial. Right, but, but, but the British had a lot of Africa. The French had a lot of Africa. The Dutch had a lot. Everyone had a lot of Africa, but the Germans. From their point of view, as an, as an imperial power, they thought they were getting short shrifted. Remember that World War I Germans were not Nazis. They were just regular old Europeans like mm -hmm. all the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, Germany, yeah, we won't go into that because we only have an hour to talk. So, I'm yeah, not yeah. so, anyway, so anyway, to make a long story short, it just wasn't our fight. We weren't involved. Now, had we, we had no, our only colonial holding at the time was the Philippines. We owned the Philippines, which we gave up shortly after World War II. And no one was attacking the Philippines. And also at that time, um, Japan was our ally. So, and we, uh, we fucked that up too. Pardon my language, but I just can't. How did we myself. do that? How did we do? I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to okay. it. Exactly how we. Mm -hmm. This is this is the untold story of history that they don't tell you in the history books, and it has nothing to do with CRT. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so, Wilson began secretly ship. Although he's telling the public who didn't want to get involved in the war to begin with, he was telling them that we were staying neutral and got reelected in 1914 by telling them that, which is a great big lie. And I'll get to 1913 in a minute, but mm -hmm. I'm going to. Go ahead, and then I'll come back. Yeah. And in 1914, um, he was reelected, and this whole time we were shipping arms to the to the British and the French under the table. And in fact, when the Lusitania was sunk, which was one of the pretexts for us going to war, at the time they denied it was a, an armed ship. It was they said it was a passenger ship, but history has since proven it in fact was an armed ship loaded. People have now do, have dove down to the wreck, and it's wow. loaded with weapons. Wow. Okay. And the other pretense that got us into the war was a cable that was sent from the Ger the German. It was just one of those silly things that happens during a war. The German State Department equivalent sent a cable to the Mexican State State Department, Mexico, mind you. This is what we're talking about. Who, by the way, was in the midst of a revolution and no condition to be fighting any wars with anybody at mm -hmm. the time. They got a cable saying, if you'll attack the United States from the South, we'll support, you know, that kind of bullshit. Right. It, 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 it's kind of silly thing. Well, we intercepted it. It hit the newspapers. Next thing you know, we're in a war that we have absolutely no dog in that hunt. Mm. But they had been slugging it out in Europe. And we got involved in 1917. They had been slugging it out in Europe, just beating the shit out of each other in trenches. And they would have fought it to a standstill. What would have happened, like every other European war in history, and everybody can do their own research, in the end, they end in basically a draw. A little territory moves one way, a little territory moves another way, and everybody goes home and you know lives to fight another day. Mm. The Europeans have been slaughtering each other for centuries. This mm -hmm. is what they've been doing, okay? So, and I mean, you know, I could fast forward and tell you that the Ukraine is nothing new. But anyway, right, back to, right, right. back, you know, back to World War One. So we get involved in this war and we tip the balance. Okay. We w overwhelmingly tip the balance because we haven't been sitting in the trenches and our industrial base hasn't been bombed. And we have all kinds of money and material and men. And we, we tip the balance. And Woodrow Wilson, who by that time was dotty, 
having survived the stroke in office where his wife acted as president for nine months and nobody knew he should have been removed by the 25th Amendment. Mm. By this point, that's a digression, but it's absolutely true. You, anyone can fact check me. Mm-hmm. We've actually had a, a woman president. Her name was Mrs. Wilson. I think her first name was Edith. And um, wow. to make a long story short, Versailles happened. Okay, mm-hmm. a horrible treaty that beat the living shit out of the Germans right. for no reason whatsoever. And as a result of this lopsided victory, here's here's why Woodrow Wilson caused 200 million deaths in, in the 20th century. Okay, number one, as the Germans were sinking and getting desperate and the Russian Revolution was taking place, they shipped Lenin and Trotsky into Russia. Okay. No German loss, no Lenin and Trotsky. No Lenin and Trotsky, no Russian communism. Mm. No Russian communism, no dead people at the hands of Joseph Stalin. Mm. No tens of millions of Russians. Plus, no Hitler, no World War II, no, no Holocaust. And you want me to keep going? No Chinese Communist Party because no Russian Communist Party is supporting Mao Zedong. Can Chiang uh, Kai-shek would have uh, held China, and we wouldn't be dealing with Chinese communists today. And oh, by the way, um, let's let's turn the back to the Japanese, who are our allies in World War One. We shit on their heads because mm. they were Japanese. It was a purely a racial thing. Mm. Offended them one hundred percent. They went back to Japan and said, "Fuck this." Mm. You know, you know, there's two sides to every story. The reason the Japanese became imperial after World War One is because they knew that the Western powers weren't going to play ball with them. Now, it's more complicated than that. And, you know, I don't want to, I mean, we could spend, there are people that write doctoral dissertations on one little part of what I just right. said. So, you know, so I'm, understand. I'm like, wa- understand, understand. So I'm, yep. you know, I'm watering it down. But the bottom line is, the political and in 1913. Now I'll go back to why Woodrow Wilson not only was the most evil person of the 20th century, was the worst president of all time. Okay, was because of 1913, the year that we created the Federal Reserve, which is, was our downfall. That was it. Once they created the Federal Reserve, we were dead. Okay, because that's what's going on right now. Number two, he so the, changed the money the, printing. The money printing. Number two, he changed the way that uh, senators were chosen. So prior to 1913, senators were chosen by legislature. Okay, the state legislatures, that was the whole idea was, you know, all this fighting about the filibuster. Now, these fucking idiots, either they don't read history. Mm. The whole idea that's behind the Senate was to put more thoughtful people in chosen by state legislators, not by the mass, because so often the masses are asses and to to prevent aristocracy. No, it wasn't aristocracy. It was was a meritocracy. The whole idea was Mm. and there's nothing wrong with meritocracy. See, you know, you got to watch out for the slogans of, of political pundits in the in the modern time they confuse meritocracy with aristocracy you know i saw a comment by robert reich the other day on twitter you probably Mm -hmm. saw where he was tweeting about how the billionaires got richer and blah blah Mm -hmm. yeah of course they got richer i mean that's what billionaires do what the fuck is he talking about Mm -hmm. you know i mean anyway it's well i could go on and on so anyway let's go back to anti-politism i could go on and yeah yeah okay so wow but i'm okay okay so Go ahead. The problem yeah. problem is voting. Okay. The problem is the voting. The problem behind all of this is the voting. Because you if you look at I'll explain it. The founders saw this shit coming. Okay. So let's go back to the revolution. The founders, the Tocqueville was alive. The, he knew the founders. These people were deep in discussion. These were thoughtful, thoughtful people. Right. And what they said was, oh man, we can't just let any schmuck vote because if they do, they'll start voting themselves shit they don't pay for. So what they decided to do was to make only male landowners right. voters. Democracy. Okay. 
Right. Until 1913, that remained the, the, the case, by the way. That's, uh, 1913 became universal suffrage. Universal suffrage was an enormous mistake, not because we shouldn't have allowed women to vote. That was, of course, natural. And not because, of course, black people should have been enfranchised. That's just not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about if you don't own property at that time, you had no skin in the game. Remember, prior to 1913, by the way, here's the third nail in the coffin. That was the year that we created the income tax. There was mm -hmm. never an income tax prior to 1913, which we, it was unconstitutional. Uh, Wilson amended the goddamn constitution to make it constitutional. So we've been stuck with that shit show ever since. But prior to 1913 and from the time of the founders, the reason for the property requirement is most tax was on property. So if basically the idea was if you weren't pulling the cart, then you have no business voting for, you know, how much people get who are riding in it. Understand. You don't get the vote. Yeah. You know, parasites don't get the vote for how much blood they suck. Right. You know, to, to, I okay, and that. I know I'm, yep. I'm using, I'm using colorful metaphors, right. but you know, I'm not running for office. Right. So, you know, yep. and, and I never, and I never will image and it's painful to some even, but I understand it. Absolutely. Okay. So here we go. So, and from that, they, the minute we got into universal suffrage, the minute we let any schmuck vote, you know, people can be broadly manipulated by, by people seeking power. And as time went on and the years went by, the seeking of power became increasingly more, I'm, I'm skipping a lot of history here, but mm -hmm. it's become increasingly more expensive and it's also become increasingly damaging. What's uh, government to, you mean in general? Anyone who would participate in politics today in, in, the, in the, the form of running for office has to be a sociopath. Okay. It's, 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 it's a governing prerequisite because mm -hmm. think of what you're going to put yourself and your family through. Mm -hmm. They're going to, just think for a moment. I'm, I'm going to use one example. It happens to be a Republican example, but it's, I'm not a Republican and I don't give a shit. But I'm going to, the, the most recent horrible example of this is a public display of, I can't believe it, was the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. This man was 57 years old and they brought up some piece right. of shit from when he was 17, mm -hmm. where maybe he did and maybe he didn't. And he, most of the people don't even remember it happening. Mm -hmm. And First of all, no one even asked the question, what kind of a whack job woman was this that carried this grudge mm. from the time she was 17? There was no allegation of rape. She basically accused him of being pushy. Well, Jesus Christ, every man at 17 is pushy. That's what testosterone does. Mm. You know, and, and she, he didn't rape her. She didn't allege that. Why, why was this <laughs> even brought up? What? Yeah. This is the, the this is the politics of personal destruction mm. that takes place, and then you can use this shit with people who don't think it all the way through to whip them up. And why do they whip That's them up? That's all that matters. For, the surface shit for money, for money, because the average senatorial race takes seventeen million dollars, and the average house race takes twelve million dollars. The average, by the way, that's not even the ones that go ape shit in the big states. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way. A house race that costs $12 million, the average house district is only 711,000 people. So that's a shit ton of money to spend on a two-year job that pays $175,000 a year. So ask yourself logically, mm -hmm. what the fuck would you put yourself that through unless you were corrupt, right. a sociopath, right. and, and hungry for power? Right. Ambition, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And what we've created in this country is a ruling class that will never self-disrupt. Now, the, so hold on, the irony... The irony of it, as far as I'm hearing it, is that it's it's this is a grown out of a system of more democracy. Democracy, if you look it up, look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, does not require voting. 
Okay, the Roman Republic operated as a republic for a millennia, a lot longer than we have. Hold on, democracy any... has to require voting, does it not? I mean, no, it does not. It does not. It's it's government by the people, and we're not a democracy anyway. We're a republic, and that's a very different thing than a democracy. Athens was a democracy. Yeah. Oh, I'm clear on that. I mean, Lichten... yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean... Liechtenstein's a democracy. If you want to go see a democracy, go to Liechtenstein. They have a good right. system. No, I mean, but if you're hold on, they have thirty-four thousand people. My audience, I think definitely knows that we're not living in an Athenian democracy in this right. country. And so all this talk about voting legislation. Yeah, we don't need any of it. Well, yeah. Here's it, what, it, 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 we let me should, cut to the chase yeah, for cut you. to the chase. Do it. Okay. What if, instead of these weird fucking gerrymandered districts, just imagine this, just for a moment, everybody listening and you, close your eyes for a moment and become a skeptic, not a cynic. Don't autom- – because I'll tell you the strategy of how we win in a minute. And I know that as good as this idea is going to sound, and by the time I'm done, it's going to sound great. Mm. Everyone's going to say, yeah, it sounds great, but it'll never happen. So just try to park that for one minute, because I'll answer that. But first, let me walk through the system with you. Okay, everybody listening, just pay pay attention. Imagine that instead of these weird hook-shaped, you know, little weird districts that protect one Democrat or one Republican, depending on the state, and, you, you know, the gerrymandering, let's pretend we just divide every state up into the same amount of congressional districts they have now, but more or less geographically equal. In other words, no no regard for anything other than just dividing it up equally in the state. So, for example, Wyoming, which only has one congressperson, it's the whole state. My state, Arizona, you know, we'll have 30 little chart. Char- you know, California will have, I don't know, 100 and something, but whatever. It'll be chopped up, not in little, you, everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? You got it. Now, within those districts, we conduct, we an, an email campaign and a mail campaign for those that can't answer it. And we asked very simple questions. Are you over the age of 35? These are the screens we apply for people that will be eligible for the lottery. Okay. Mm. Are, are you over the age of 35? Why did I pick 35? Well, it was arbitrary. And I only picked it because that's the minimum age to be president of the United States, which I'll get into in a minute, how we'll choose the president after in an anti-political government. Right now, I'm going to dwell on the legislature. And Number two, you got to have a couple of gray hairs. You know, good decisions come from experience, but experience comes from bad decisions. Mm. And there's no way that a person lives long enough to have had enough bad decisions to have experience until they've lived at least 35 years and maybe 40. Mm. But for the time being, let's just call it 35 for the sake of discussion. We can we can argue where the line is later. But, the, you know, so many millennials and Gen Xs and Gen Zers, God bless them, I love them, but they have no life experience. And without life experience, you really cannot have wisdom. And personally, I'm a Stoic, and I think wisdom is one of the four pillars, and without wisdom, you shouldn't be governing. Okay, so are you over the age of 35? Number two, are you working full-time? We're going to have no welfare people that are going to be involved in this. If you're not working full-time, you are not going to be included in this group. Now, yes, I'm creating an elite before anyone asks it, but Mm -hmm. I'll show you how we get people. Anyone can join this elite, and and I'll discuss that again a little bit later. Don't let me forget, Brian, of why this is not a field off elite. Right. Sometimes I forget to explain that. Okay. So if you're not, and if also retirees don't, don't get to go and trust fund babies don't get to go. If you aren't working 40 hours a week, now, I am 64 years old. If I chose to, I could retire. Okay. Retirement is a choice. Now, if you, I'm not putting an age limit on the, this is not an ageist thing. If, you, if, if you're working full time and as I plan to until I drop dead hmm. and you're 80, and, and, you know, you have your wits about you. Fine. Great. All the better. You can, you can be included in the poll. I'm not, this is not an ageist thing. It just says if you're not working, you're not pulling the cart. 
you're living off of things. Mm -hmm. And if you're not pulling the cart, you don't get to decide how much you take. Everyone, you know, like Social Security is a good example, right? Got it. Very simple. Yep. Okay. Next screen. Did you graduate from college with at least a BA? Okay, yes or no. Now, by the way, we're still going to include people that didn't, but this is just another screen for the mass. Just cut, I'm, I'm going to keep screening it down as I go. Okay. Yes or no, did, have, have you, did you graduate college with a BA? If not, next question, are you an entrepreneur who has started a business with 10 or more employees that has been in business five or more years? Now, why did I pick those two numbers to pick? Entrepreneurs could be anything. It could be a guy running a plumbing contracting business. It could be an engineering firm. It could be almost anything. Dog walker. Five yeah. or more. Dog walker. It couldn't, as long as you, I don't care if it's a landscaping business. If you've been in business more than five years, you understand how the free market operates. I don't give a shit if you're running a landscaper or, or a software developing firm. It doesn't make any difference. Business is business is business. And I've been in lots of them. Hmm. We'll discuss my background another day, but a, a lot of businesses. And, and by the way, it's in the preface of my book, which I'll discuss before we're done. But the bottom line is, it's all basically, so we got a very experienced entrepreneur who's been successful. And the reason I also say five years is because that's past the point where the business is going to fail and you don't want to pull people into public service and cause the destruction of their livelihoods. So that was my other consideration. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, I thought about 10 or more employees as with experience myself is you want to have a guy that's met payroll, that knows what it is to pay the taxes and meet the FICAs and all the other things, because it gives you a new appreciation of what it is before you start spending it. Mm. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. To be on the other okay. side of government regulation. Right, exactly. To understand what it is to deal with it every single day and lawyers and accountants and everything else. So that, to be included in this group, you don't have to have a BA. You can also be a successful entrepreneur. And the third screen is, if you don't have a BA and you're not an entrepreneur, do you own more than blank? And that blank number is whatever the top third of wage earners are in the country. In other words, Maybe you climbed the ladder from the base. Maybe you started as a buck private in the military and you've climbed to the top. Maybe you started as a grunt in the mailroom and you've risen to executive vice president. If you're in the top third of income earners, you have risen above middle management and those people are included too. Okay. Does that make sense? I don't care what their education yep, background absolutely. is. Absolutely. Now that, oh, and last question is, do you have a criminal record, a felony record? Yes or no. I'm not talking about misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. And by the way, in, in my world, in the anti-political world, all drugs would be legal. We could have a whole podcast on that one. So all drug crime is wiped off your record. Do you have a non-felony record? No, uh, Drug crimes won't matter, but mm -hmm. you haven't broken in, beaten up, stolen, defrauded, done anything like that. Right. Okay. Yes or no. Okay. If the answer is yes, you're out of the pool. Because it's not that felons can't make their way back and turn the page. It's why take the chance. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that scene. It's the scene from, from uh, Casino. When the gangsters are all together and they say Andy's a great guy and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, Andy's a soldier, Andy will say it, da, da, da. and the head guy, Remo, says, yeah, but why take a chance? You know, it just, there's so many, it's a big country, there are 340 million people, we don't have to take the chance. Mm. If, you know, it's too much psychology in that. Okay, so now, and I did the math on this, out of 711,000 people, when we apply those screens and we take a look at averages, and everyone feel free to fact check me, but I went out and did the math, you'll come out with about 131,000 eligible people. Okay, who could fall within within any congressional district? Mm. Got it? Yep. Okay. Now, those hundred and by the way, no one, no one's. This is all voluntary. You answer these questions voluntarily, okay? Because the only person we need to fact check is the guy that wins or loses, depending on how you look at it. Because the way we're going to do this is then every one of those hundred thirty-one thousand people get a number assigned to them, and then just like the lotto on TV, one day every four years. By the way, all congressional terms will be four years, not two. 
including senators. Mm. Okay. Everything goes six down to four, two up to four. Okay. Just four year terms. Right. And the four year terms overlap the previous session by six months. I'll explain why later. So it's basically every three and a half years, a new Congress is selected that overlaps the other one by six months. Hmm. I'll explain why in just a minute. I thought this all the way through. So I can see that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you, I thought of every possible objection that could co come up to it that would be obvious, and then some that are not clever so obvious. Clever son of a but bitch. Keep going. I'm a clever motherfucker. Um, so anyway, no, I'm just teasing. Well, I am, but, you know, I'm, I am about this kind of shit, but don't ask me about, like, my, my love life. I'm 0 for 2 in the marriage category, and I suck. Like, ne <laughs> never ask me that kind of advice. But, you know, I'm, I'm great on politics. You know your lane. Every... Everyone has a lane. You just got to find it. And then you have to be not so fucking arrogant to think that when you get out of your lane, you know everybody else's lane, too. That's the trick. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm arrogant within my lane, I guess. But when I'm out of my lane, I, you know, huh, yeah, you know more than me. Go ahead. I mean, I'm, right. I'm a, you, you find me to be the most pliant guy in the world outside of my lane, right? That's you know, fine. and I think that's healthy. Mm. So, um, yeah, my neighbors think I'm the most laid back thing ever. They never see me quite as animated as I'm talking Crazy. to you right now. But anyway. They would be shocked if so, they could see what's going on in your house right now. This energy. Well, it, yeah, so, that's another story. But we'll get, we'll so get into, so let, so let me you? get back to the system. Yeah. So, okay. So, it, and we basically, if your number's up, you're the congressman. Right. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. And it's done with ping pong balls. Now, why ping pong balls in this high tech world? Because it's not on the internet. You can't hack it. We don't want. We don't want any doubt. Everyone's going to be watching this on live TVs. And is the ping pong. Sometimes the old way is the best way. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the internet, and I love it, and I'm, I'm blockchain friendly, and I'm crypto friendly. In fact, I consider anti-politism crypto government, which I'll get into in a minute. Um, very compatible with the blockchain and what's coming. Very compatible with the metaverse. Very compatible with the cloud. Very compatible with everything. It's decentralized where every other government is centralized, and that's the reason why. But I digress. So, so back on, back onto where I am. So, you're chosen. That's it. Now, let's say that hypothetically we choose a doctor who's the, the previous year made three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year. I'm only picking this well, because choose, at random we will the wrong word. Well, so, uh, no, select, select, it randomly or, select. Yeah, randomly, the, the, randomly get. We, the, you get. That's who you draw. Right. We we draw. A, and right. By the way, the, the whole root of this theory came to me one day as I was sitting in a shopping mall, but when shopping malls still had people in them, and I was looking at the crowd one day, musing to myself. And I realized that I could literally walk through this crowd and point at 535 people at random and come up with a higher collective IQ on average than the Congress of the United States. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, and then, and, and the more I looked at, and yeah. as time has gone on and social media has, has gone on and there's been the breakdown of decency, candidates for every office have gotten progressively worse to the point where today, look, I don't give you a shit Lauren if you're a Trumper or you got Biden and Trump. Mm -hmm. You're telling me out of 340 right. million people, those were the best two people we right. could come up with. Yeah. 340 yeah. million people, and this that might be that the most our powerful argument uh, for anti-politism. Please go on. Oh, baby, and I could go on and on. Well, you do know, do you so. Think... So you get the random drawing. Okay, okay, we get the random drawing. We select the Congress, and we here's how we pay them. Very simply, they get first of all, the Congress will become a part-time job. It will become a part-time job for two reasons. Number one, the federal government is going to divest to the states, and I'll cover what happens to bureaucracy in a minute. Everything except national defense, foreign policy, the treasury, and the attorney general. Those are the only four departments of the federal government that are going to survive anti-politism. Mm. Everything else we're going to shut down. Okay, done. And all of those programs and all of those regulations and all of it goes away 
overnight. Now, we'll also experience the greatest economic boom in American history. Let me digress slightly and ask, the average person pays every year in collective taxes between income taxes and sales taxes and gasoline taxes and ho hotel room taxes if they stay overnight anywhere. People pay so many taxes, we're numb to it. We There's almost, there not almost, there's virtually nothing you can do that you're not paying taxes on, mm -hmm. except this is why the, con this is, by the way, the reason why the Congress hates uh, cryptocurrency except the blockchain, because once it exchanges through a middleman, they tax it. Anytime there's a middleman transaction, there's a tax going on, whether you see it or you don't. So the average person, just the red, just Joe and Mr. Joe and Mary America, making a family income of of combined maybe seventy seventy five thousand dollars a year, are working until April just to pay all their taxes. Now imagine what their life would be like if they weren't paying any taxes at all, right? Or very very little. And imagine what the world would be like if you think the world's amazing now. Think of when all the regulation comes off and all the taxes well, come all off. The stimulation uh, the. Oh my God! It'll be an it'll be an explosion. It'll be the greatest economic boom in the history of history. Mm. Okay, now, but I digress. Let's go back to what's going on. Why is Congress a part-time job? Because today, and again, everyone fact-check me. Google this. Look it up. It's easy to find. The average congressperson spends forty hours a week raising money. That's right. that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Across the street from the Congress, there's a building. Again, fact-check me. Both parties have offices in it. It's to get around the, there's a constitutional prohibition to raising money while you're in the Capitol building. So what these schmucks did is they built a building across the street and they walk across the street and they sit there in a phone room all day, dialing for dollars. This is what your congressperson is doing. Mm, okay. When they're pretty... not on TV, they're dialing for dollars. Mm. They don't read the bills. You think any of them are reading that 2,700 page bill of build back better, whether you like it or not. No one reads the fucking bills. That what they've done is they've handed off all of that to the bureaucracy, which has caused what we have now, which is essentially a fascist country. That's we're fascist in everything but name only. But I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. 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 We uh, are I'm, not. I'm interested the, in that analysis. Well, the fascist one. I mean, people confuse. Again, I'm going to digress, and I realize we only have an hour, but. Yeah. People confuse fascism and Hitler, and, and fascism was actually invented by Benito Mussolini, and it was 12 years before Hitler, and before Hitler came along, Mussolini not only didn't persecute the Jews in Italy, they supported them. That's a historical fact, mm -hmm. and by the way, I'm a Jew, okay? So I, I, I'm telling I, you something right. that's, yeah, okay. Reform. So I'm, I'm, I'm a telling you something, Jew, yeah. well, me too. I always say I'm Jew-ish. Right, of, you know, you know, and that's the you know, truth I'm, for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually very agnostic. Yeah. I'm an agnostic. Okay, Absolutely. I don't really we're believe the same in God. Um, we're, yeah, we're the same I don't really way. believe in invisible friends, but, and I, I, I hate to, cut, I just want to get it out of my mouth. Um, I just don't. I'm not an atheist. I don't call myself an atheist because atheists are such assholes. Absolutely. So <laughs> we're on the just, same exact wavelength on that one. So, so where were you? Uh, okay. So, so the so anyway. Congress becomes a part-time job because fundraising goes away. Remember, no political campaigns, no money in, in politics. No money in politics, no corruption. Period. Mm -hmm. See, all of this money raising they do is just legalize corruption. Mm -hmm. The only reason it's legal is because they say it's legal, they being the ruling class. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and it's rigged, and no one can understand it. It's just insane. Okay? Because we're numb to so it. The, we're not, we, we've become so used to being lied to that people speak in propaganda. Both sides. Both sides, everyone's speaking in slogans. No right, one's having right. a, a, you know, it's it's because we've become so numb to the lies. Mm -hmm. We we just don't know where to draw the line anymore. And I'm I'm not sure that we ever did. And and allowing, by the way, an uneducated mass to vote is very very foolish. I'm sorry. I know that's elitist, mm -hmm. but it's stupid. It has led to what we are at now. So okay? you know, let me ask you a so, quick question. Where where did you stand 
for the most of your life on the political spectrum? Left? Was it right? Generally, just libertarian. 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 Yeah, I I read Atlas Shrugged when I was a freshman in college, and it changed my life. Why address the concerns of people who think that Ayn Rand is a you know bitch and that the book is bullshit and her philosophy is bullshit? Why is it not bullshit? Ayn Rand was a bitch, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I first of all, let's let's separate out the character of people from their genius. Okay, mm. Picasso was a misogynist and beat the shit out of women and cheated mm. on all of them, but was one of the greatest artists in history. Oh, say, so what are we going to do? Burn his fucking pictures because he was a pig? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do I want to go down the list through history? And we both know that I'm telling the truth mm-hmm. of every historical figure that did everything great that was, but they're human beings. The problem is these historical figures that they're way back in history, people think they're better because they, they did don't great realize, work. And, and they don't, they don't, they stop to forget that these people did not shit marble. Mm-hmm. Okay. These were just human beings. Right. Like I feel that the second worst president in history is Abraham Lincoln. I think he's huh. grotesquely misunderstood. Okay, a horrible uh, when when John Wilkes Booth jumped to the stage and said six separate tyrannus, he wasn't shitting. That's exactly what Abraham Lincoln was. Okay, you, Abraham so? Lincoln. I'll, I'll, I'll be very brief because yeah. I don't want anyone right. to think I'm a racist. Number one, let me concede without going into it that, of course, slavery was wrong. Of course, it should. But the, the, the Civil War was fought over slavery and it wasn't fought over slavery. The true answer is it was fought over states' rights and slavery was the poster child for those rights at the time. Mm. But slavery was already on its way out. I recorded, you saw, did all, you see that voice? You did hear that voice memo I did last night about states' rights. Yeah, states well, rights, I did. It's the conflation I, I of states' rights and racism it, yeah. is the big question of yeah, the day, in my opinion. Well, that's, be, that's because people do not understand that the, what the Civil War was even about. The Civil War was about states' rights, not slavery, but slavery was the key issue. But are they too in interconnected? Sense... Are they too interconnected? It's just too difficult to explain it to people, uh, unless they're intellectual. This is the problem with letting the masses vote again, because, look, people are not all this, all equal. I'm sorry, okay? We are all equal in the eyes of God, or humanity, if you're like me, an agnostic like you are, but at the very same time, we are not equal in ability. We are not equal in intellect. We are not equal in the ability to comprehend. And to sit there and pretend that I, I could explain this to a person with an 83 at average IQ, which is 10% of the American population mm-hmm. that's allowed to vote, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. 10% of our population has, a, has an IQ of less than 83, and they're allowed to vote. The military won't let them join because they're too goddamn stupid to be cannon fodder, but they can vote. All right, Think so about let me ask you a quick a question. Hold on. Okay. Because... I am knee deep in like the social justice aspect of uh, class. Uh, I'm taking some classes that I, I'm getting really uh, this stuff beat into me. So I would, you know, be remiss if mm-hmm. I didn't make a point mm-hmm. in service of that class. So let me about slavery. Like we can obviously both agree it was a, just a hideous, hideous reality. What okay, I'm going to give do, you a five what, second nutshell history on. Hold slavery. on, hold on. I, I could, we will do that. Yeah, but yeah, hold yeah. on. What do you do? I want to hear that. But then tell me, what do you do? for the black community uh, in America that might argue that they were still, that the property requirements, all these things, which I could really go along with you, that they've been- Stop, stop, stop. I got it all. I got it all. I know. I got it all. I I, I know this whole bullshit Hold on, EH, buddy. My audience needs to hear the question. What do you do for those people who have been deprived of property generationally through government action through redlining, through all, not, that's not necessarily government, but banks. But through all this, all this action, what do you do about that disparity? Or okay, at this so point, are we beyond all that? 
I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, an answer you won't expect, but I'm, but first I'm going to start, I have to cover slavery briefly in the Western Hemisphere to understand that the, the Civil War never needed to be fought. I need, I, Abraham Lincoln chose right. to slaughter 600,000 Americans over a war that didn't need to be fought. And mm. for that, he's the most bloodthirsty president in history and should be, should be spat on. Wow. Okay. There was no need to have a war over states. The, the South had every right to secede every constitutional right to secede. They were absolutely in the right. And who attacked who? Okay, you can say Fort Sumter was an attack, but people don't realize that for a year, the South was begging them. It had already seceded prior to that and was saying, get your fuck. Would we accept as an American nation, a Russian fort in the middle of our fucking country? That's how the South looked at it. Okay, you know, you, they had seceded legally under the law. Now, as far as slavery goes, there were 10 and a half million Africans imported in the Western Hemisphere. Less than 500,000 ever came to the United States. The other 10 million went to the Caribbean and South America, the largest country of which was Brazil. Brazil was the last country in the Western Hemisphere to free their slaves that happened in 1888. And the reason they freed their and in every other country in the world that slaves have been freed, they have been freed without a shot fired. Forget what color they are. Slavery goes back to the, the, the beginning of time. Why were they freed There's in Brazil? Never been... Why did the freedom occur in Brazil? Because it's not economic to hold slaves. That's the... See, this is the part that people don't well, it surely understand. Surely was hold... at a certain point. Surely was at a yes. time, right? Yeah, once they invented the cotton gin, and once they started to invent automated ways to take care of it, it just became a fucking expense. Hmm. You had to house them, close them, feed them. You 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 had to take care of their medical needs. You had to educate them. You had to... right. It and most slave owners were not cruel, and they weren't cr not. I realize that movies all make them seem like Simon Legree and like you know well, uh, what's his name and makes you uncomfortable. And Django Unchained, yeah, like Leonardo DiCaprio. But the truth is, ask yourself, if you were a slave owner, would you beat the shit out of your own property? Does that even make any sense? Okay, I mean... It's most not a thought the, experiment the, I even want to get too far into, but I hear what you're saying. Okay, if you were... I know this is a horrible thing to say. I'm going to draw the metaphor and preface that, of course, people are just people, no matter what color they are. But imagine that you were a horse breeder. Would you beat the shit out of your thoroughbreds? I mean, come on, right. get real. These people view these people as property, right or wrong, within the context of their time. You don't beat right. the shit out of your own property, mm -hmm. especially property that talks back. Right. Okay, so and slavery was already on the way out, and and there's a lot of. Do you realize that one of the Southern armies was made up of nothing but American Indians and fought for the Confederacy and held slaves? Did you know that? I did not. Look it up. It's true. Did you know that there were whole black divisions in the Confederate Army that fought for the Confederacy and knew perfectly well what they were fighting for? Mm. Look it up. It's true. Okay, look, it's a much more complicated yeah, story. I, none of it's a defense of slavery. Right. I'm just saying slavery was going out, and in no country in the history of the world, so was Abe any Lincoln race just that totally is, misjudged. Was he like, was it him and Wilson? He was, was a power mad. Right. Were these it was all about the Union. Mm -hmm. He was going to unconstitutionally protect the Union, mm -hmm. and he used slavery as his, as, as his lever. But to the day that bullet, it's the last thing I'm going to say, we got to get back to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. To the day the bullet went through the back of his head, his plan subsequent to the Civil War is to ship them all back to Africa. And if you think I'm kidding, look it up. His plan to the day that bullet went through his brain, he never thought black people belonged here and he was going to export them to Africa. Mm -hmm. Look it up. Okay, now I've, I've said what I have to wow. say. Lincoln is should have never been. They should tear down the goddamn monument. 600,000 Americans and all their died for nothing. Mm. For nothing. There was no reason for well, this. No one's what, ever had what, to fight a war happened, to free What might have happened if the succession was allowed to continue i mean what would have happened i mean the south would have been fantastically more successful than the north ultimately the most imp important invention of the um last hundred years was air conditioning so the south lost the civil war 
because it wasn't air conditioned. It's as simple as that. You can't build steel mills and things in the deep south when it's hot as fucking shit, right? You kill everybody that works in them. Mm-hmm. It's hot enough. I grew up part of my life in Pittsburgh, as I shared. I've been in actively operating steel mills back in the 60s. They're fucking hot. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, I remember that from my childhood. I'm just telling you for a fact that the South was going to lose from day one. And the reason that, and when, when Lincoln finally picked Grant, who by conversely was a great man, but that's another story. Every black person in America should have a statue of Grant in their house, if you ask me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I actually, my professor, uh, my professor who is a black man and and incredibly uh, knowledgeable in these issues uh, said that Grant is, uh, he didn't, he didn't say Lincoln was a bad guy. He he had, I think Lincoln ahead of, uh, I think he had LBJ Lincoln and then Grant. Why, why is Grant revered, should be revered by black people? Tell me. Because it was, because people actually, people, you know, remember the old 40 acres, the mule, he actually did it. Grant actually had a plan and instituted it to, to help. He understood you just can't take you can't take all these people out of slavery and throw them on the street and say good luck to you. Speaking to the issue that you were talking about before, mm-hmm. of course you can't. Okay, Grant made it was the only American politician who made any effort. And and by the way, he kicked off a campaign. And now I want to turn to to uh, black people. I could go on and on about the Civil War, mm-hmm. but it, it's a war that should have never been fought. Okay, and by the way, if air conditioning had been invented 100 years earlier, the South would have won. And and if the because the whole population moved south because everyone likes the weather better. Mm. But in those days, you could heat your house, but you couldn't cool it. Right. Think about it logically. You you could heat your factory, but you couldn't cool it. So everything industrial was way up north, as, as far north as they could stick it. And that's why the north couldn't lose. The population was up north. They had the south. out. It, right. it was going to be. There was, Grant understood from the beginning, and it, there's a famous story, the last thing I'll say about, about the wilderness campaign. And if you want to go long, I'll go long. I'm just warning you. I, I, you mean, I will. We don't have to stop I, it an hour. I, I unfortunately can't, but I, I want to. But, but So let's wind okay. down okay. and okay. tell me about so – Let's me, wind it down. Yeah, what did Grant yeah. do? What should we do about social justice causes today in light of your theory? Okay, so nothing. We, we should unleash black people. And by the way, I don't like the – I don't like – one of the things you said I'm, I'm going to take exception to, mm-hmm. you know, black people think this, black people think, listen, black people are as diverse as any other group. I know. I certainly because think that I way, know, but I'm just trying to represent what I hear in class. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. Let me tell you, I have, I mean, I know this is going to sound like what some, you know, ridiculous liberal says, but I really do have a lot of black friends and all of them mm-hmm. are libertarian. Mm-hmm. Okay. So please don't, <laughs> yeah. all, all I say to people who don't believe that's true is go to YouTube and look up Thomas Sowell, the greatest living economist in the world who happens to be black and listen to everything he says, and you'll get an education greater than I could ever give you. Okay. Now, because he's smarter than I will ever be. Let me, he's my hero. Pardon he's me. My, part of my, my interruption real quick. Let me just say real quick. Again, this is me channeling the perspective of my professor in class who I respect immensely. And it's not my view. Um, it's not necessarily yeah, go ahead my and view. Say it. go it's ahead. not my view. And uh I I certainly am I'm an individualist. If, if you look at if I'm you an look individualist, at a chart of, of, I think of, everyone has their own. Okay, opinion. so let me tell you exactly let me let me sum it up. Black people were doing great. They were rising out of poverty between nineteen forties uh between let me just I want to get my years right, nineteen forty seven and nineteen sixty seven, the black poverty rate went from almost ninety percent to less than thirty percent. Okay, all by itself. This this was before LBJ's Great Society. This was right in the middle of Jim Crow. This was all things coming against them, shitting on their heads, and still the black people were successfully integrating into the American experience. Right. Inevitably, okay, they they poverty was reducing like a stone among the black community. And what happened? But 
well, the Great Society fucked it all up because anything you subsidize, you get more of. If you you can look mm -hmm. at, at a chart of black poverty, which, by the way, is on my website. I it's in the first video on my website. Um, you'll see it drop, and then it just levels off. Why? Because we began paying girls to have babies without partners. That's what that's what welfare is. AFDC, aid the family. So what was Grant's plan? And if if the Great Society was welfare, and that's bad, get everything out of black people's way. He's the guy that got black people to vote. He's the one who who made them part of the system who own property. He made sure that the, that the majority of black people own property and he set them on their way without interference. You have to look at this as a father, not a mother. This is where we have fucked up our country. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look at this paternally, not mm -hmm. maternally. Yeah. The reason that there's a mother and a father is mothers. And I, I'll go right with it. It's generally true. Mothers are the soft touch. Dads are the hard touch. And, but dads don't love their children any less. But the reason that traditionally the nuclear family has survived for 10,000 years of civilized history and probably before that is because it works. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't want to hear about male privilege. Mm -hmm. Look, before women's suffrage and you know, blah, 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 back in the 19th century, who had a worse life? The guy out in the field or the woman in the house? Answer that question to me. Who's dropping dead quicker? The guy out there with the fucking plow being pulled by a horse and an ox in that mm -hmm. fucking field with knives and shit and snakes and God knows what else? These people didn't live past their mid-20s. Okay, you wouldn't so you wouldn't make I'm, it in the college environment today, my friend. I know. I'm throwing <laughs> the bullshit flag and all this. I'm throwing the bullshit flag. You know, these people don't th and and don't think it. Just think it's critical. You no, know, I'm right because critical think, feminist theory. It's all bullshit. It's bullshit. All, bullshit. It's bullshit. all root of the same bullshit. critical theory. Trait. Bullshit. Bullshit. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. Okay, just bullshit. It, it's it, the, it, I read I read Ibrahim Zendi's book. I read what's your name of the the 1619 project. I can't I can't get I know it's Robin something. I can't even I have a mental block because she's such a bitch. I, but I, I'm not even trying to I, I, I don't I, even know her name. No disrespect. Okay, no disrespect. I read oh, I read yeah. their books. I read their books. Mm -hmm. They're horrible. There's mm -hmm. every single fact within them is wrong. Right. Every single fact within them is wrong. Mm -hmm. So what would I do for black people? I'd be I do what a father does. Okay. Number one, I'd kill AFDC. Number two. I'd say to him, you know what? If you're able-bodied and you can work, work. And by withdrawing aid, right now, do you know that the black population, 70, over 70% of black kids grow up without their father? That's a true statistic. Yeah, wouldn't people blame so, the yeah. don't, don't some Don't some people say, oh, the government set those conditions? The government caused it. That's what the government does. That's what the military-industrial complex, well, they, they cause the problem, and then they blame everybody else and claim they can fix what they fucked up. No. Healthcare is the same way. The border is the same way. Um, I could go. Yeah, I realize we're running out of time, yeah. and we've got eight minutes left, right. and all that kind of shit. I'm just mm -hmm. telling you, they're all they create the problem, and everything that I'm discussing in great detail. Yeah. Let me just mind if I make a quick message Not before we run out of time. Antipolitism.org. Antipolitism.org. Go there, watch the videos, and then if if you feel so moved, make a contribution in either dollars or cryptocurrency of fifty bucks or more, and I'll send you the anti, the um, a radical reset, the manifesto of antipolitism, mm -hmm. and I'll autograph it. Mm. So there you go, in hardcover. But, and everything I'm talking about in great, much greater detail than what I'm talking about now. Yeah. And by the way, I write like I speak, and you, you can, you'll be able to tell right away it's me. Mm -hmm. And it's a stream of con consciousness, but it's well-written and you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, okay. I'm enjoying this conversation immensely, immensely. So, yeah. Let's I go mean, back let, to the Congress. Yeah, tell me, tell me, yeah. Okay, so the Congress overlaps by six months. They're paid per diem, whatever they made in the year before. The doctor, if he made $365,000 a year, oh, would get $1,000 a day. But he's only going to be in Congress part of the time because without fundraising, it's they meet twice a year to, to ratify the budget and go home. Mm -hmm. That's really the major, unless there's a war breaking out, and then they meet an emergency session. Right. Now, in other words, we have citizen legislators. 
But instead of a Congress that today is 60% lawyers, think about that. What is a lawyer but a paid intellectual prostitute? Mm. They go to law school to mm. learn how to represent anybody, no matter how fucked up it is. Now, I recognize that that's an important function within society, but you don't hire 60% prostitutes to run the fucking country. I'm sorry. I love a prostitute as much as anybody <laughs> else in the right situation, but not, not to run the fucking country. Right. I agree okay. with that as a law student. Okay, as now, a, absolutely. I'm a whore. Right. Now, look. Look, there's still going to be lawyers in the legislature, and there needs to be lawyers in the legislature, but they'll yeah. be picked at random in the same percentage that they represent right. the population. Mm -hmm. An anti-political legislature will be 50% women automatically because they're 50% of the population. Mm -hmm. And it'll be actually probably majority female because women tend to be better educated than men. Well, although men tend yeah, to be ten yeah. although men tend to be more successful entrepreneurially. Who knows how it'll come out? But it'll be much more representative. There'll be much more black people, much more Asian people, many more Jews, many more many more of every Latinos because it will represent our country in a random selection of people who have actually done something in their fucking life, mm -hmm. people who have achieved something, people who have a couple of gray hairs, people who have not committed a crime, and most importantly people who have not sought office and the corruption of ambition and power. Mm. Now they overlap each Congress by six months for on the job training with the previous Congress. Mm -hmm. So the, the old Congress person sits down with the one going out. And by the way, it's one and done. Once you've been selected, you're out of the pool forever. You can mm. never be reselected for another office. Mm. There is no reelection. There is no second term. We're never going to have any more concentration of power. And by the way, in the book, I do deal with how we deal with the bureaucracy. And I know that's a big question. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to come up in the minds of critical people. It's in the book. Go to the website. Or you can have me back on and I'll discuss well, it. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll come on again. But I just understand that I've thought this stuff all the way through. Okay? I, I really thought this all the way through. I'm I'm the Karl Marx of anti-politism, only in a good way. So we okay. should associate anti-politism generally with libertarianism. I know it's its own thing. No. Believe me. No, no, no. It's not. It, it is. It's very libertarian in some ways, because and it's, it's not decentralizing power. Is that right? When you read my, well, yeah, very decentralized, but and and no income tax, just a, a small national sales tax to fund the, uh, the defense, and America becomes a giant Switzerland. Okay, we become neutral, like. Very briefly, we have uh, Ukraine is to Russia as Alabama. No, no, I'm sorry. Kansas is the United States. It's the breadbasket of the Russian Empire. It has been forever. This is not our fight. Stay the fuck out of it. Mm. Plus, as Jew, I want you to know this. Mm. Ukraine was the nastiest, most fucking anti-Semitic country on Earth. Mm. And it's not a goddamn. There is, it is not a coincidence that the majority of people working in Hitler's gas chambers were Ukrainian. Mm. Okay, so fuck them. And this good and, and, and this good guy, bad guy thing we do in our press, to make it simple for people to understand, right. Ukrainians are the good guys and the Russians are the bad guys. Man, there are two ways to look at everything. Right. And by the way, I want Absolutely. everyone to know, in my past life, I worked at the National Security Agency. I was a Russian linguist. I'm an expert on this. I know what I'm talking about. Holy smokes. Okay, I speak... I speak fluent Russian. So everyone understand there's two sides of these stories. I'm not saying Russia's right and we're wrong. I'm saying it's more complicated and it's not our fight. We just need to get the fuck out of it. You know, just that's, like a we perfect never place, been that's a perfect place for us to leave it, dude, because um, okay. that is that is exactly what I'm trying to say. Hey, let's be critical about how we look at things. I don't know if Tucker Carlson is right about Russia, but... Oh, he no, he's a fucking nationalist. He's... Tucker Carlson is a danger, and we and, and we can discuss that. He is, listen, guys. Why is he dangerous? First of all, 
because he's a Trump nationalist, and Trumpism is idiocy. It's 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 imbecilic. And you think Trump I'll, was I'll Trump a bad president? He was a lucky president, and it's better to be lucky than smart. Mm. Did he? Now mm, he yeah. he he did a couple of very smart things. Okay, I'm, yeah, let's spend look, a few minutes. On it. Even ahead. even. Okay, really briefly, yep. even a stop clock is right twice a day, right? So I consider the greatest accomplishment of his administration not going after um, Massam. Uh, he, he didn't go after, uh, 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 what's his name? M oh, bin Salman. MBS. He didn't go after Mohammed bin Salman, the heir apparent in Saudi Arabia, when he obviously murdered right. that that uh, journalist mm -hmm. in Turkey, which Turkey, ended up, yep. this shows you how, this shows you the law of unintended consequences and how lucky Trump is. Mm -hmm. So he's the only guy in the world that doesn't obviously see that MBS killed that guy, right? And he's the only leader in the world at the time. And he took well, a he real beating away. in the press. Yeah. He not only looked away, he defended him. Right. You know, oh, yeah. Well, you he know, defended him MBS like he was, was our the craft. Call okay. him. Hey, okay. what do I do? Fast forward two years. Fast forward two years. Israel is signing the Abraham Accords with the UAE and Bahrain and Tunisia and Morocco and Algeria. And suddenly Israel and behind the scenes, none of those countries would have done a fucking thing because by far the most powerful country in the Sunni world, the home of Sunni Islam is Saudi Arabia. And if MBS didn't, the minute King Fahd drops dead, Saudi Arabia is going to sign the same thing with Israel. He's just waiting for that fucking old king to die. In the meantime, he would have never made that deal or approved that deal if Trump hadn't had his back. Now, I don't know if Trump had his back on purpose or by accident, but I don't give a shit. That's the kind of thing that saves millions of lives for years and years to come. Mm. The Abraham Accords have settled the Middle East. People, there's no more, the two-state solution, as Abba Ibn once famously said, the Palestinian people never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Mm. They have had their chance over and over. It's over. That train has left the station. There is not going to be a two-state solution. Israel is going to be completely integrated into the Arab world, and the Palestinians are either going to assimilate or sit there in camps for the rest of their lives. Mm. They're fucked. They, they miss that train. I'm, and I feel bad for them. I do, genuinely. But that's a good example of when leadership fucks up. You don't think the average Palestinian could have made that deal? Mm. You don't think the average Israeli? There, there are 9 million people in Israel. People don't realize 6 million of them are Jews. 3 million of them are Arabs right. carrying Israeli passports who are Israelis mm -hmm. and sit in the Knesset. In fact, the most powerful man in the Knesset right now is an Arab, Mohammed Abbas. Hmm. No relation of a Palestinian leader, by the way. Just happens to have same last name to make a long story he's part of the ruling without him there is no ruling coalition right now in israel because they have a parliamentary government so the bottom the bottom line is this people are it's these issues are so complicated that we got to get the politics out of them i could you know it's very persuasive, the world is not a black it's very persuasive when you when you take the politics out when people are serving out of duty Instead of desire, mm. it changes everything. Imagine a certain amount of the legislature, for example, in anti-politics is going to be school teachers. Imagine a school teacher going part time to work in Congress for a couple of weeks a year. And it's sub covers there. You know, we, we pass a law that says they can't lose their job when they're in Congress. They come back to their job, which that's they, they keep their full time. They're living their lives. Mm -hmm. They just happen to go to Congress to represent us a couple of times a year. Think of the teaching experience. Think of what so they can share. Mm -hmm. Think of how our culture will benefit. Mm -hmm. Think of how young minds will finally learn how things really work without the, the, the yelling and the screaming and the politics and, and everything that's going to destroy our country. Just imagine what could be and how we do it. But can I just wrap up with how we do it yeah. before we, because we've been on 53 minutes and 16 seconds. Absolutely. I still got six and a half minutes. Absolutely. Okay, so here we go. It's called weaponized voting. Every revolution is won by an organized minority. OK, there's no look through history all the way back. You'll never see, including our own. You'll never see a revolution won by a majority. 
Okay, you, we do not need the majority of people to believe in anti-politism to cause it to happen and benefit everybody. Okay, if, if you believe. What we need are a core of fanatics, which is the truth of all revolutionary movements. Think the, the Bolsheviks were barely 1% of the population in Russia when they took it over. I mean, that, that's a really good example. Okay, the, the, the Nazis did not represent, and I know these are horrible people, I'm just sure that these are recent revolutions. They were a tiny part of the German. The German people weren't out for blood. It, you know, they were just desperate. And you can leverage desperate people. And that's the danger of what's coming, because we are inches from global economic collapse, which we should definitely talk about in the next podcast, because that is a, and another part of my background is I really understand finance and know it well. So I'll be happy for a good reason. But Yeah, I anyway. mean, are we on the and verge that, of uh, global economic Yeah, we're, on, we're already in it. We just don't know what's happening. China is much worse than we think it is. What the, the Evergrande thing is that mm-hmm. remember that they have no free press in a one party state and it's not a communist country. It's a kleptocracy. OK. And, and, and outside of the cities, there are no reporters reporting and there are, are it's a shitstorm. You don't when China goes, the world goes and China's going to go. That's going to be the one that's going to break this camel's back. There's going to be a revolution in China, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come out of nowhere. We'll never see it coming because mm-hmm. from our Western eyes, we right. just have no understanding of these cultures. Can't even and, smell it. But, yeah. and when it comes, and if that doesn't do it, the dollar collapse will, because the dollar's going to collapse, just as sure as God made little green apples. And is it, how's the real estate market going to do in the next three, four, five years? We're in a super, we're in a super bubble. Everything's going to collapse. This is the first super bubble. See, okay, <laughs> I know I'm going all over the place. We, this is the first. COVID caused us to cause for the first time in human history an intentional global depression. Through money. So printing? what people don't realize is, is down and, 2020, yeah, 2020. Okay, in 2021, were two years of a great depre- of a depression greater than the Great Depression ever was, covered up by printed fiat currency. Mm. So the world governments grotesquely overreacted to COVID. And I, am, by the way, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm not a nutcase. Right. I'm just telling you that the public edu- the public reaction was a fucking travesty. Mm-hmm. That's a, a, another overprinted. subject for another day. Oh, overprinted. Go to the internet right now and look up the FRED, the FRED chart put up by the Federal Reserve, and look at what the money supply does. Or if you want to not take the time to do that, go to my website. It's in the first video. Mm. Okay? And watch the money supply go apeshit in 2020. It'll blow your mind. Okay? And Trump was still president, so don't blame the Democrats or the Republicans. It's the fucking Federal Again, Reserve. Again, it's antipolitism.org, right? Dot org. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Che- go on. Check it out. Go on. And I love... And, okay. And we're very crypto friendly. So anyway, to make a long story short, crypto will also bring down the world. It's going to be one or the other. It's going to be the Chinese or cryptocurrency in the blockchain. But it's a good thing. It's the it's the creative destruction that, that needs to happen to, to reset the clock. That's why I call the podcast The Radical Reset. We have to have a radical reset. We, you can't keep doing what you're doing and not have it add, end badly. There is no outcome here that's good. None. Except anti-politism. And how we do that is weaponized voting. So basically, it comes down to this, and then we can close. Yeah, what up. is weaponized? Because we're down to like yeah. three. weaponized voting means, and if you look statistically, basically, if we can swing seventeen thousand votes in the average congressional district against the incumbent, we win it. We we kill incumbency in America. In other words, if you look at the average margin between what a, a an incumbent, someone who's already been in office, wins over their challengers, the average. All we need in the average congressional district of 711,000 people is 17,000 people to vote against the incumbent, regardless of party. We will destroy incumbency. That means that every incumbent in America in every election will be thrown out of office, which will send 
They'll see it coming. It won't happen overnight. They'll see it coming a mile away. They'll begin to bleed diarrhea out there, assholes, and then anti-politism becomes possible. Mm. Okay? I see. When there's no incumbents, we must destroy incumbency. Mm. And all you have to do is hold... I know that there are lifelong Democrats and lifelong Republicans who have been drinking the Kool-Aid and really believe this shit on both sides. And we can have other right. shows where we can right. discuss any issue you right. want. And in, by the way, in a, in a Radical Reset, the book, I discuss every issue and wait till your people read about weed and seed, my best idea. They will love weed and seed. How to end poverty and crime in America and make the streets so safe that you can leave your keys in your car and the doors unlocked and no one's ever going to bother you ever. Wow. And we, can, and we could have it. We could have it in less than two years. And all we need is weed and seed. So everyone should read the book just for that. Yeah, that's but, good. Wow. Yeah, it, 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 it literally cures crime, period. Period. Well, I have to know what now, it is. Now, that's not to say, well, it's just, you know, we don't have time. <clears throat> no, I, just, have to get, I can't I'm, do it. In, I have to get the book. 50 bucks for yeah, crypto. Yeah, I can't okay. do it. In, yeah, I can't, I can't do it in a minute and a half. Nope. I'd love to do it in a minute nope. and a half, but I can't do it. But uh, you don't have to use crypto. You can use dollars too, but we have both. You know, and I, we any dollars we take, we convert to crypto because I just know the shit storm's coming. I just don't know what day it is. Mm. You know, that's. Was I wise to buy you know, a little more I'm, Bitcoin and uh, Chainlink today? Everybody should be. The reason the, the crypto markets have melted down on the weekend is because they're deleveraging. So there have been a lot of people playing in the crypto. This is very, very reminiscent of what went on in the dot-coms. I'm going to put on my financial hat now. We can come back on another date, anti yeah. Okay. Here goes my Herbie's financial hat. Here we go. Boop. Okay. This is exactly how, how the dot-coms melted down. When a new industry, when a nascent, that's a fancy word for saying a brand new birthing industry comes into being, there's always going to be chaos. It's just normal. Think back to the dot-coms in the 1990s. Okay, and the doc, everybody, I knew people that owned a mutual fund called the Munder Net Net Fund that was doing close to a million percent a year, a year. And nobody was saying this has to end. Everyone thought it was good. Everyone had their same bullshit why it's going to go on forever. The same bullshit that's driving the real estate market now, the same bullshit that's driving the stock market, which is a gigantic bubble. The real estate market is a gigantic bubble. The bond market is a gigantic bubble. This is a super bubble. We're in a bubble that makes the one in 2008 look like nothing. And that's a long story, okay? But we're going to have a blowout, just like the dot-coms did in 1999. And, that, and what you're seeing is the deleveraging of morons playing. Cryptocurrencies fall into two categories, legitimate and bullshit, <laughs> okay? And, and there are bullshit, mm -hmm. okay? Lots and lots of bullshit. And a lot of very naive people, because a few people got lucky and bought some, bought, for example, Shibu Inu when it first came right. out and suddenly we're billionaires with an 8,000. Suddenly, you know, they think they know what they're talking about. Yeah. They start spouting their bullshit. People buy into this. They think social media, this, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm a boomer and everything, but I'm believe me, I'm very tech friendly. This is the same old shit driven by greed. Mm. It's the same old shit. So you're seeing a deleveraging, which is very healthy. And this is the time to buy. Buy low, sell high. Don't listen to your fucking neighbors. You know, the, the, Investing is easy. When a good thing turns to shit, buy more of it because right. it's on sale. Right. It would be the same thing as if you walked into a department store. Imagine you walked into, I know this is a little dated because no one goes to shopping, you know, malls. But let's say my favorite department store is Nordstrom. So let's say you went into a Nordstrom and you saw a men's suit that cost $1,000 you really liked, but you didn't want to pop $1,000 for a fucking suit, right? It seems like a lot of money. So, you, you know, but every time you went in the store with your wife or your girlfriend, you saw the same suit. And one day you go in and they have a clearance sale and the fucking thing is 70% off. It's $300. You buy it immediately right. because you perceive that you bought something of a thousand dollar value for 300. That's the perception. And you're right. Okay. It's a good buy. Mm. Well, 
Okay, now let's go to cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is a commodity. Everything else is a cryptocurrency. That's the first thing people have to understand. Bitcoin is different than any other crypto. Bitcoin is the hardest money ever created, period. It's harder than gold. In other words, there will only be 21 million Bitcoins, but gold will keep coming. Gold is throughout the universe. It's on asteroids. It's everywhere. It's all over the planet. That's why they have reality shows of people mining gold. It's not that hard to find. Mm -hmm. It constantly increases supply, and and the supply is controlled by a few big stockpilers like Russia. And And the gold market could be disrupted. Not likely, but it could be. Okay, Bitcoin can't be. If you understand anything about it, is that its algorithm is inalterable. It's the only... It's the only cryptocurrency where that's true. You can alter Ethereum, and they did, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest mistake Vitalik Buterin ever made, was altering Ethereum to cover up a hack early on that they should have never done. Mm-hmm. What a mistake. But, but every, other, every other algorithm and every other crypto can be altered. Now, I do own other cryptos besides Bitcoin, but I understand that I'm buying those like I'm buying stocks, not a commodity. Mm-hmm. You understand? I do. Yeah. I, I, view, I view Bitcoin as gold, but I view the others. So I own Ether. I think it's a terrific coin. And I understand how the network works. And I understand that, there's, that they're learning how to speed up the chain. And I'm looking forward to 2.0 and 3.0. But, I, but listen to me carefully. It's not Bitcoin. Right. Because you can alter the algorithm. Nothing is safer than Bitcoin. Hmm. Bitcoin that's why the Turks right now are flooding into Bitcoin. Okay. Because the Turks understand daily flood. I'm sure, I read today that El Salvador just bought 61 more Bitcoins. Hmm. Okay, for the smart guy that that Bukele. Okay, and I know the mainstream press hates him. That's because he's doing it exactly contrary to what the what the deep state would want him to do. He's exposing that the emperor has no clothes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, the fiat currency is bullshit. He's taking his El Salvador was on a dollar standard. He's getting away from it right. as fast as he can because right. he knows the shitstorm's coming. Mm-hmm. He, people don't realize he's a Harvard-educated economist. All right. Okay, he he's not a fucking idiot. Mm. Okay, so so. You know, so the bottom line is, right now you should be buying Ether. I'll tell you the ones I own just for the fun of it, yeah, and I'll just please. share it. By the way, uh, I don't own a brokerage house. I don't want your money. I don't want to manage your money. I don't want you writing me letters on what should I buy. <laughs> this is this is free adv- advice worth exactly what you're paying for it. But I'm not going right. to start a, a crypto advisory, you know, channel. This is just not going to happen. Never say never. I, I don't want. When you understand my background, you'll understand why I say never. Okay, never. Okay, will I do that? Okay, I've done it, and I will never do it again. Oh. Okay, but been there, done that, got the T-shirt. This is why I know so much about running money. Okay, mm-hmm. now, and it's a long story that we can discuss, and I'm very open about it. But you know, it, it's an ugly story that mm-hmm. I'll be happy to share. Okay, you know, every great person, and this is, uh, by the way, I'm the only political leader that I know of, historically speaking. I know how grandiose that sounds, but every, you know, like like uh, Confucius said, every great journey begins with the first step, right? Sure. So, you know, I I understand I understand we're at the very beginning, and I'm who knows who I am, but a year from now I could be the biggest thing in the world. Who the fuck knows? That's that's how the world works. I don't doubt it. And yeah. when the meltdown comes, mm-hmm. when the meltdown comes, people are going to look for a savior, and I'm going to offer them the one solution where the guy leading it doesn't want to be the leader. Right. You could okay. literally be the no. George Washington, no, of I don't. the next generation of American. No, 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 because I don't want to lead shit. I, I only want to be metaphorically, the yeah, but the guy who walks away from power, to so does you know what I mean? The guy who doesn't want the power. And, as the they say in need. German, I am the, I am der Gründer. I am not der Führer. Okay, mm. der Gründer in German means I'm the founder. Mm. Okay, I do not want to be the leader. The leader literally translates that der Führer. I am not the leader. I'm the founder. Mm-hmm. And if other people join the movement. And we're designing the movement to be operated just like an anti-political government. And that's how all the oversight will take place on the money that comes in and everything else. I'll select 
from the same guidelines that I use for the government to run the foundation. That's exactly as we pick up membership, obviously. Okay. Right. We're going to operate just a, in, in a real world situation. I am not interested in wealth. I'm not interested in power. I'm 64 years old. I just want to leave the world a better place than I found it. And I want to fix my own karma, which is heavily damaged for, and by my own actions. So th that's my motivation. Hold on. You, you actually but, I had a, you cut out there. You, you don't want the power. You're 64 years old. You want to leave the world a better place. And what? Repair my karma, which I badly mm -hmm. damaged. And, I and, see. and, you know, we all have our stories and sure. I, like all, like all interesting people, I'm really interested. You, you know, that guy with the beard that kind of looks like me that does the Dos Equis commercials. Sure, used to, used to, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the real guy. Huh. I'm the real guy. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know how arrogant, I'll, again, I know how, you know, I had no, an hour, really. so I was intentionally, yeah. but, but, in, but in real life, I'm not, I, I'm going to smoke a little weed now and go out with my dog and we're going to go out to an open house. And, and Airedale Terrier. Her name is Pepper. Oh. She's the sweetest dog in the world. And she's looking at her daddy right now because she knows she runs the house. And I, I adore <laughs> she's her. She's like, daddy, and then, enough of this. Yeah. And then yesterday was my grandson's birthday. So oh. after that, I'm meeting up with my grandson. We're going to go hiking at uh, 1.30. And then we're going to go do a little uh, family party at Dave and Buster's oh, wow. and play video games. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just normal, regular. I just want to, everybody wants to live a regular life, mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants to, to take the power mat out of it. And it becomes so clear. You know, you can take a person, you can take an activist that's with Black Lives Matter, sit them down with someone like me, and without politics, we can talk to each other and come to a happy medium somewhere. Well, that's where you know, that's and, what I want this my show to be about. So you've been a perfect you know, guest I, in a lot of ways. Look, I think I know a lot about a little. Like the smartest men in the world, the smartest person in the world, who I would say right now is probably Malcolm Gladwell, but I'm just guessing. Mm -hmm. I think he probably has the highest IQ of anybody alive in the world today, but I might be wrong. But I know he's at least over 180. So let me just use him for example. He, Malcolm Gladwell is an incredibly bright man. By the way, his podcast is great if you ever want to watch it. Really good. Okay. But he knows maybe, maybe 5% of what there is to know among what's already known. Among what's not known, he knows nothing in the universe. None of us know anything. The universe is, you know, God only knows. We're, we're going to learn with the new web tel telescope. But the smartest man in the world might know 5% of no knowledge. Might. And, you, and that's the arrogance of politicians, that they, that they even suppose that they know what the fuck they're talking. And they start monkeying around with people's lives right. without considering. Last thought I want to leave yeah. you with, no, which I'm stealing from Thomas Sowell, but is one of the greatest things ever said. There are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. Hmm. That's it. And we'll talk more about that the next time we talk. There are no solutions. There are only hmm. every solution that you that you think you're making, you cause a whole new set right. of problems. So. But if, if you take the politics out of, but if you take the politics out of it, intelligent people can go, gee, you know, we need to help this group of people. But if we do, and we cause this, and you know, and you can have a reasonable discussion without it. You racist bastard! Yeah. You ignorant right wing mm. pig! You left wing idiot! Mm. You look, you know, we don't have to do any. Your mother dies. I hope you die. You know, it's just escalated to the point of ridiculous. Huh. Imagine. And we'll cover more about how we pick an anti-political president later. And we don't need a vice president of anti-politism. But we'll get into that later. Mm. The vice president goes away. We need one like a second head. But, you know, and today today we do. But we won't in an anti-political government. Because it's going to be easy to replace the president. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to digest all this and come back at you with, with, some, with some questions next time. Um, gosh, I want to talk to you about fascism in America. Well, give me two seconds on that. I mean... What is okay? Uh, what, go ahead. Okay, fascism. What fascism is 
if you understand what it really is, if you look at Mussolini's fascism and why the Jews backed it for 12 years until Hitler came along. And by the way, Franco was a fascist and successfully ruled to the day he died. Juan Perón was a fascist. Fascism, but we became fascists. A fascism is where the state and the government is blurred and where big business becomes actually an arm of the state and lo looks like it's independent when it really isn't. And that is exactly, and it's run by a ruling, a ruling class. So you're describing corporate fascism? We, we should think of fascism as like corporate fascism? Well, the word that we use for it now is capitalism. That's the word I use, which is crony capitalism. We've become a crony capital state. Companies like Microsoft and, by the way, and I am very free market, as you'll see when you read, but I'm not an idiot. You cannot allow companies to become quasi-governmental entities and mm -hmm. then seek favor and have full-time. This has to all go away, mm -hmm. and it does with anti-politism. Mm -hmm. We will destroy the American fascist state, which is what it is. That's what these big corporations, they are cronies of the government. So Trump, as lucky as he might have been, um, was... was an imbecile. He was an imbecile. He's he. Trump was a why? lucky an imbecile, imbecile. Why? Guy's never read a book. Right. He reads TV. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Did you watch the press conference he gave with Vladimir Putin back? Oh my God! It was the most embarrassing demonstration. Going, you know, but was the he... man was. I'll tell you what he was. He was a giant fuck you and. What, what, what the Democrats never understood about Donald Trump was not that people necessarily loved him, it's that they, they were tired of being talked down yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it was. The fuck people that have been you, pulling the government. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Donald right. Trump came along at exactly the right time. He was the most, he never thought he was going to win. Right. I mean, if you want to oh. see the most interesting thing, go back and look at a YouTube video of Trump's face when they were, the, the moment he found out and they were, they were uh, taping him in his, in his condo in uh, at Trump Tower. He had a look of sheer astonishment and fear on his face for a brief moment. Mm. You have to really watch mm. it. It was kind of like that moment in the old Nixon interviews when he finally admitted that he had fucked it up when he was being interviewed by David Frost. Mm. And it was all on his face. Mm. You, it was Donald Trump. The color went from him. He had no up, idea. Yeah. Yet he, Donald Trump thought he was just going to, it was a publicity stunt. And then he ended up being fucking president because the country was in the place to go, fuck you. What right. a, what regular politician could, would have gotten away with, I could meet any woman and grab her by the pussy? Oh, my what, God. What regular politician could have, yeah, come on. That would have sunk anybody, except. That was the actual that, surprise. A lot of these, and it didn't sink. Uh, let me tell you Unbelievable. something. And I'll tell you why, because what the social justice warriors and snowflakes don't understand is they do not represent the majority of America. The reason that, you know, the most that the news the Fox has the biggest audience of news channels and everybody else is nothing. Fox is just old people tend to be conservative. And that's you, you want to advertise the you know 80 year olds watch Fox. I mean, that's what that's what Fox is. Mm -hmm. But but CNN, no one watches it. No one watches any of the shit anymore. So these people all talk to themselves and they think that everyone listens to them when the rest of America is going out to have a hike with their grandson and look at shit today and have fun. So when they hear, yeah, Donald Trump said he could grab. Well, yeah, I guess he kind of could. Right. You know? right. It's the same thing when when Bill, it all began when Clint was being impeached. And and I was one of the people that said, I can't believe we're impeaching this guy over lying about getting a blowjob. Right. Every man would have lied. Do you know why Bill Clinton was was a sympathetic figure at the end of it? And I think he's a rapist, by the way. But you know why he was sympathetic by the end of his term in people's eyes and why he beat it? Because every man in America was going, I'd have lied. Right. I'd have lied right. and lied and lied. People lie all the time. Right. We, lie to, right. we lie to ourselves daily. We're all little George Seinfelds. I'm George Costanzas. You know, it's not a lie if you believe it. We tell ourselves bullshit and then we believe it. Yep. And, you know, that's yep. okay. I'm all, humans, listen, yeah, you want to believe it? Being believe human. It? You couldn't get through the day, but don't pretend like you don't lie. You lie to yourself constantly. Everybody does it. The question mm. is, should you be lying for money to have power over mm. other people? Mm. You want to lie in your daily life, then you live with the consequences. Mm -hmm. 
And the country needs to become more paternal and less maternal. We need to toughen up a little bit. Mm. We need to tell people, you know, if you have two arms, two legs, and a functioning brain with an IQ over 83, the government's going to do nothing for you. Nothing mm. at all. Okay. We're, they're also not going to take any taxes. Good luck now. There'll be millions of jobs. Get up off of your lazy ass. Mm. Because, yes, they always pull up the film of the one welfare mother who raised her child to be a doctor. And that, this because there was only one. The only reason that makes any press is there aren't any others. Everybody else is a fucking criminal. I'm just telling you. Live in the real world. You raise children without fathers. Of the 27 worst serial killers in this century, CNN came up with this. I'll cite my source. Of the 27 worst serial killers so far this century, 26 were raised by single mothers. 26 mm. out of 27. Mm. Gee. And did you ever notice on the nightly news when little, little Johnny or Juan or... Jamarcus gets gunned down by the police. It's always the mother on TV and never the father because there isn't one. Mm -hmm. There isn't one. So I, I mean, so our society, once we institute anti-politism, and we're going to still have civil liberties for for oh, oh no, more than ever. Right. Oh no, the government. No, it, but the point is, under anti-politism, hey, if you if you do it to yourself, it's legal. Right. But that's what that's what a father does. So Look. the government itself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. No, it's really interesting, EJ. EH, uh, go ahead. Let me tell you how I raised, I raised four successful adults. I'm going to brag. I'm, the ahead. other thing I'm really good at is I'm a great father. Mm. I started out as a good father. I became a great father with experience over the years. Oh. I have four children who range from 27 to 43, okay? Two boys, two girls. And like anything else, it, and if you ask them, and they're they're all college graduates. They're all successful. They're all self-supporting. They all love me. We all talk every day almost. Mm. Okay. Although they live, a couple live in LA and a couple, you know, but all over the place. So here's the bottom line. Being a father, what we used to do at dinner was we used to call, first of all, I insisted that we eat dinner together every night. My wife and I both, my ex-wife, who by the way is a delightful person. She's lovely. She did nothing wrong. I love her. God bless you wherever you are, Terry. But we used to insist that uh, we had dinner together every night, cell phones off. That's it. And we sit around the table and it, and it was a free time. In other words, you could ask me or tell me anything and you wouldn't get into trouble. And if I, whenever I gave advice, unless I thought they were going to kill themselves, I would call it going on the record. OK, this is good parenting advice. So let's say that one of my children was coming up with some idea and I knew it was going to go badly because, you know, as I used to tell my children, every place you're about to go, I've already been that it's not because I'm so smart. It's just that I've you know been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Hindsight's 2020. So when they would come up with some crazy, you know, kid idea that they were going to go do and I thought it was going to be stupid, I wouldn't stop them from doing it. I'd just go on the record. I'd say, excuse me, excuse me. This is this is really how I raise my kids. Excuse me. I just want to go on the record. That's not going to turn out, turn, turn out well. Go ahead and do it if you think it is. I mean, I don't care. It's not going to kill you, but it's not going to turn out well. And then it wouldn't turn out. And then over the years, we developed mutual respect, and they began to seek my advice instead of resent it. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. And I, the, only, the only time I would ever put my foot down is if I thought they were going to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Although I did jump off. A bridge with my daughter on a bungee cord for her 18th birthday because oh I'm an idiot. Oh my god! Uh, we, and I promised her I'd do it. But was it fun? Was it? It, it? it was. Yeah, it was really fun. Okay, so it was worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm. But you, you, of course, we don't know each other. But I don't really have a high. I, I don't have a high fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll do anything as long as it isn't going to kill me. And I felt fairly secure that I wasn't going to die. So you know, it, yeah, it was scary, but I was never really. You know, I kind of knew I wasn't going to die. And and it was it was great. Have you ever uh, done skydiving? 
No, but I flew competitive aerobatics. I have over 5,000 hours and I'm an IFR rated pilot. And earlier in my life, I flew competitive aerobatics, which is, you know, dangerous. Wow. But um, I flew a plane called the Decathlon Cetabria, and it was a terrific plane. I loved that plane. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I was not a national champion. It was just little stuff, but it was fun. Wow. And that's the kind of stuff I like to do. But I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take you on that ride. I, you, you'd shit yourself. <laughs> well. I mean, I mean, you know. I and, bring and a I don't, dude. I'll tell you a really quick story. So when I went to defense, this is just a story. I went to the defense. It's true. I went to the Defense Language Institute to learn Russian. I went there for a year. It's in Monterey, California. Hmm. And you basically study Russian all day, every day. Hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, class is over. You got to go do something. Most of the other sailors and at the DLI, it was the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, FBI, and CIA. All of those agencies train their linguists to this day at DLI. It's, in, it's the Presidio of Monterey, California. It's the most beautiful military facility in the world. <laughs> it was the greatest year of my life. I loved Monterey. I still love Monterey. My wife and I, we honeymooned in Carmel. I mean, just love that area. I think it's the prettiest part of the world, let alone America. So anyway, um, I had this guy in my class. His name was Lance Corporal David Kopp. I'll never forget him. He's probably 100 years old. but He's as old as I am, at least. Anyway, so he was a Lance Corporal, which is an E3. He was a Marine. And he was an idiot. And he kept, he would like on break when we would all go out to take smoke breaks. And in those days I smoked, although I quit when I was 25, but that's a long story. Mm. Um, but everyone smoked <laughs> cigarettes for two and a half dollars a carton. Wow. <laughs> he smoked cigarettes. Like, like, yeah, well that was, cigarettes would still be two and a half dollars a carton, but for cigarette taxes, mm. guys. Just And by the way, quick digression. Why are we, since disproportionately poor people smoke, why are we taxing poor people? Mm. Just a question. That's another paternal question. Mm. Why the fuck are we taxing poor people? Anyway. Another, I understand it's to make them, you know, not smoke, except that, you know, not everybody's goal is longevity. Mm -hmm. If your life is a fucking shitstorm right. and you don't think you're going to ever get out of it and your only pleasure in life is smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, for Christ's sake, smoke cigarettes and drink beer. Mm -hmm. Stop taxing people to stop trying to live everybody's fucking life for them. Mm -hmm. you, well, do you know what I mean? I, I do. Mean, I do. You can't. You cannot be happy. You can only become happy. We are not born happy. Life is a shit sandwich. Right. Okay. Some people do not have the ability. What what depression is are people that simply cannot become happy. They are simply residing mm. in the natural state of human mm. beings. Human beings are naturally. Life is short, nasty, and brutish. You fucking right it is. Okay. And, and we got to stop treating our children like they're little snowflakes. You know, mm -hmm. I saw my kids take lumps and I would say, shake it off. You know, yep. short of it's the most important th male and female. When my boys came home and they were being bullied, I told them how to beat up a bully. I did not go to school and talk to the teacher. Right. Bullies perform a vital function. Mm -hmm. Bullies should not be discouraged. They That's perform a societal function. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. They toughen the shit out of your kids. And, and you know, well, that bully called my, my kid a, a kike, you know, because I'm Jewish, right? right? Well, Big fucking punch deal. him in his fucking nose. Big fucking deal. Get over it. He called you a kike. Big, right. You don't even know where the word came from. Right. By the way, it's, it's the Polish name, for derogatory name for Jews. That's what a kike mm. is. But, but, but having said that, almost nobody knows that. Okay? So, like, what the fuck? Who cares? Right. It's just like people who, who say, and I don't, you're, you're going to hate this, but I'm just going to say it. Nigger. It's the right. N-word. Everyone knows what everyone means. It's an ugly fucking word. Why do we, Say it out loud. Show the ugliness of it and get it the fuck out of our language. Mm. I mean, sure. seriously. A little, you know, stop pretending that we're all children. Oh, my right. God. He said nigger. Right. It's a horrible word. We don't use it in our family. I once broke up with the girl I had the best sex of, of my life with mm. because she used that word and meant it. Wow. And I said, I'm not, and I said, I'm not having children with a bigot. Wow. There's just no fucking way. I don't give a shit how good the sex is. Damn. It's not going to happen. That will, that shows I, your principles, truly. I mean, sounds like well, she was look, hot. I, I knew it. 
I, oh, she was unbelievable. <laughs> Un, until I met her, she was an older woman. I was 27. She was 35. Until I met her, I thought all sex was the same. Mm. And then I realized, oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's That's not. Interesting. And it was addictive. Mm. But then mm. one day she used a derogatory Italian term, Mulignan. It means right. eggplant yeah. oh. for, for a, a, a black eggplant. Man. I knew that was a, it means egg, I knew it, it was the a, Italian word. I knew it was the bad word for, for black people in Italian. Well, uh, among my six languages is Italian. Io parlo Italiano. Mm. Anyway, Molignan means eggplant. Mm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. So, and she used it, and then she used the N-word right after it, and I said, oh, okay, that's it. We, wow. We're breaking up. Damn. And she said, what? And I said, that's it. I'm done. I, I, I won't date a bigot. I won't have children with a bigot. I won't have a life with a bigot. I won't waste time with a bigot. Hmm. I'm out. Good for you. It, it's as simple as that. So I'll use the word, but see, just because it came out of my white guy mouth, does. and by the way, as a Jew, I'm tired of being called white. Can I just share that with mm -hmm. you? We're the most persecuted fucking his, uh, minority in history. They were shit. Do you know why the Jews control show business, folks? Uh, I'm speaking this to the crowd. You know why we control? Because we invented it. And you know why we invented it? Because no one would let us enter their other fucking businesses at the turn of the century when we were coming over from Europe. So we just said, find a way and fuck them. We invented our own goddamn business. Mm -hmm. I think my advice to black people is think like a Jew. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. And like an Asian. And by the way, the smartest people in the world are Asians. And, and, and if why? You, I'm, I'm talking about why? Yeah. Well, genetically, they're smarter than everybody. I mean, I know that's unpopular to say, but there are slight. See, I hate. Yeah, no, it's an interesting conversation. We have one human race and everyone says, but everyone gets hung up on yeah, phenotype. Right. What is the answer? Look, we, the answer is read Charles Murray's book, The Bell Curve, that he almost got killed over. And, and you'll understand it. It's look. The smartest race of people in the world are Asians. Okay. They just are. I say this as a Jew because I'd like to believe we are, but we're not. We're the second most, by the way. Mm -hmm. Jews are the second smartest people on the earth, followed by everybody else. I'm not going to go into it. Mm -hmm. But it really has to do more with climate and how easy it was. So the, the most the most hostile climate on earth is Asian. Why do Asians have hooded eyes? Because of the wind blowing constantly across the, the Asian steppes. That's why. Okay, they evolved it. It's just evolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, why are they so smart? Because it was such a fucked up place to live. They had to figure out how to do things that other groups didn't have to do. You know, why, why Jews and Northern and also Northern Europeans are same thing. It's all about climate. Interesting. You know, interesting. It, it, but when you live in a place where the food's falling off trees, the reason that, for example, and I don't mean this pejoratively, the reason Africa never really civilized is because it's not a hard place to live. It's a great continent. That's really there's shit everywhere. Yeah. That, that, I understand the tribalism and colonialism. Yeah, that's logical. Yeah, tribalism and colonialism fucked up that whole... You know, carving up that poor continent into colonial countries where they put tribes together that fucking hate each other. By the way, here's an interesting, what's up is down and down is up, but the greatest thing that ever happened to every black person today was slavery. Because right. it got him the fuck out well, of Well, you hear people say now, that, the, and yeah, yeah, yeah I understand that, things, and I understand their answer. Right, it's one of those it was things the worst that you got to recoil their, at if you're not really ready to cross right. the Rubicon. Because it's, look, it's what's down is up and what's up is down. Right. Okay, you have to understand that's why there are no, there's no such thing as a solution. There's only a trade-off. Okay, so when they brought the black people here, they hurt the shit out of those people. That was awful. But, but they created, okay, an, a tribalist group of black people that have never existed before in history and forgot what tribes they came from. And that's why today black people are black people. Mm. They're not black Hutus and black Zulus and black... Tootsies and black, everything else that are biafrans and everything else that are fucking still slaughtering each other in Africa. Okay. And, you know, if I were a black person today, I would honor my heritage, but I would pinch my good luck. Mm. I would, I would have a shrine in my house for, to my slave ancestors. If I could find out who they were, I would absolutely 
burn incense and pray to their shrine and say, thank you for enduring that. Mm. But baby, am I glad I'm here. Mm. That's the real, and be happy that you're in America. Fuck, look, my grandfather came here, couldn't speak word what of English, and no one gave him bilingual education. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I... Millions of groups have come. The Chinese came here as coolies, which is a fancy dressed up word to say. They were serfs, which is a paid slave. That's all they were. And look how great they've done. Plenty of groups. The Japanese were interred. Just shut the fuck up already with racism. Let's just stop talking about it. Mm. The average American is not a racist. Besides, racism is a thought. Discrimination is an action. All discrimination is illegal. That's right. That should be illegal. But racism is a thought crime. We need to get out of the thought crime. This isn't Orwell, man. Stop worrying. And you make people, you don't think that a business owner who gets a face full of, you're not promoting me because I'm black, doesn't walk away going, fucking black guys. They're a pain in my ass. Right. You don't think they walk away? Sure. You don't think they're making that worse? Think, think that all the way through. Mm. Or uh, things like affirmative action. You, you take a black kid who's got an A average from an inner city high school, which sucks. Okay. But he's got an A average. He's tried hard. And you and you you give him an affirmative action seat in Harvard, and he's not prepared to be there. And if you look at the flunk-out rate of affirmative action students in the Ivy League, it's 75%. Now, if you took those same students, in other words, they never finished, to, to make all the politicians feel good and all the social activists and all the race hustlers, we put them in a position they should have never been. Those same kids at the University of Missouri would have, gotten, would have ended up being doctors. Mm -hmm. Stop fucking around with people's lives. Mm. Stop social engineering. Mm. Stop not thinking it through. And anyone who was uses Brown race to promote education your career a is good, a racist. Was Brown versus Board of Education a good decision? It's a tough well, question for anyone. It over, it, well, it overturned not, not, Plessy, not so that, it was. Yeah, not that either okay, of us okay. are, in, are uh, segregationalists, but okay. talking about social okay, engineering, okay. it was. Okay, okay, first of all, first of all, it overturned Plessy Ferguson, so I, I have to say yes. And number and number two, I didn't go to law school, so I, so you know, like I'm I'm informed, but I'm well, not Brown, a professional. Brown just you know uh, saying the federal yeah. government, the the judiciary, in fact, will say no yeah. segregation well, is because, illegal. Right. It, well, it should be illegal, but segregation is an act of discrimination. Right. But there's a leap between the se segregation being illegal and then enforcing affirmative segregation. In other words, for every seat that is occupied by a person that shouldn't be there, you're you're Knocking well, out affirmative a kid segregation, that should. but affirmative action. Affirmative action is affirmative segregation. Stop. That's what the government does. That's why Atlas Shrugged back to way yeah, back when yeah. really struck me. It, that, that's what the it dresses up its bullshit. So what with is the genius names. behind like, Rand? It, She's a bitch. But what is the genius behind Rand? Of Atlas Shrugged, she was she she pointed out everything that she laid out in Atlas Shrugged we're living through right now. It was the most prescient book in history, and I knew it when I read it. It is it is spookily dead on. If you if you reread Atlas Shrug right now, and by the way, feel free to fast forward. Some of the speeches of John Galt go on forever. I mean, they're just fucking. I read it. I read Atlas Shrug a half a dozen times, but after the first time, I started fast forwarding through his speeches. Well, so what is they the, really get what is the major takeaway from Atlas Shrug? That in the pursuit of your own your own desires, you create more social good. Mm. In other words. Uh, and the last issue I'll talk, we'll talk about today, I know we're over, but yeah. say, what the fuck? Here we go. Let's talk about immigration real briefly. Yeah, let me talk about let, let me talk about the anti-political solution to immigration because it speaks to Ayn Rand and everything else. Okay. okay. So number one, there are, there are, depending on who you talk to, anywhere from 10 to 20 million illegal aliens in the United States, give or take. And the vast majority, and we, we won't know because obviously they're not answering censuses, but let's just pretend that that's roughly right, right? Mm -hmm. So they're already here. 
So now we're going to have to put on our big boy pants and take off our political pants and admit that the only way we're going to find these people is if we, if we become a Nazi state. We're not going to kick down doors looking for people. This is not the American way. We are going to preserve the constitutional rights of every American. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. By the way, the one thing that I would consider adding to the Constitution is a right to privacy. Right. Now, Roe v. Wade was decided on a perceived right to privacy. I think there should be a right to privacy. Yeah, that's a whole, but, that's a whole can of worms. I'd love yeah, to talk well, yeah, about well, it. And I, and yeah. I, yeah, I'd love to, too. I think Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. Because? But it should have been based on it. Because there is no right to privacy in the Constitution. Right. And, and it did exactly the wrong thing. Okay, so I am pro-choice but anti-Roe v. Wade. And the reason is, is because it, it, it cut off political... This is what these pussy politicians... Look, I'm pro-choice. Let me, let me start with... And I know I was going to... I was going to... You want to go to immigration or choice? Because I don't want to keep you here forever. Wh- um, which way do you want me to go? Let's do both and let's give ourselves seven minutes to finish. So go to choice real Okay, quick. so I'll go to choice real quick. I've always been successful. I was always in a position like all wealthy men. If my daughters had gotten knocked up and an abortion was illegal, I'd have flown them to France. Right. You know what? Right. You know, I'd have gotten them safely, but I wouldn't have had to because I had a lot of Jewish doctor friends and I'd have called up my friend Don, who's my best friend. And I said, hey, Don, Chloe needs a DNC, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he'd go, okay, bring her over and she'd get a DNC. And that's all that. A DNC is an abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just, it isn't, but it is. I mean, that's the same. It's roughly the same procedure. Again, I don't practice medicine. Mm-hmm. Don't write me letters, but it's pretty fucking close, right? Okay. It, but poor girls were doing themselves in with coat hangers and closets, and I just, that's unacceptable to me. So I make the value judgment that I'd rather have choice, even though abortion to me is gross. Right. Now, I have to be honest. I put both I, my wife and I, let me be fair, we put our daughters on birth control from the age of 14 onward. At the time, we told them it was for their acne. Okay. Mm. By the way, it did clear up their skin taking those hormones. But that's not, of course, the real reason was is we didn't want to make this choice. Mm-hmm. We were pro-choice of something we didn't want to ever choose. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it worked. And it worked. Okay. And we were very open about sex in our house. We didn't make it into a dirty thing, mm-hmm. but that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. We weren't weirdly open about it, but we didn't pretend it was some, you know, I've never understood digressing again. And I'm a big digressor. I've never understood why. It, yeah. I've never understood why Grand Theft Auto is okay, but God forbid someone should see a tit. Mm-hmm. I mean, honest to God, I mean, if a girl wants to walk down the street with her tits hanging out, I guess that's what she should be allowed. I guess. I don't really. I mean, to me, that seems so what? Mm-hmm. I, you know, you see, you've seen two, you've seen them all, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, after a while, I mean, I, I guess I'm not the right guy because I'm not a strip club guy, but I've been oh, I a strip, strip club clubs. in my life. God, do I hate Because it's so boring. Oh, you walk in and clubs. it's like. A, I hate strip clubs. Crack man. addicts, crack addicts rubbing their bodies up against Not that you I am and, judging and, and, anybody, but it's just like, I hate strip clubs, man. Yeah, Period. well, so, I, I hate them. So, I hate them too. And as a father, they gross me out. It's oh, yeah, pedophilic yeah, from where I come yeah, from. But, I mean, clearly. But, okay, so before immigration, so, choice. So, choice. So, but I'm also, I, I readily acknowledge that the pro-life people have a point. Human life begins at conception. Let's stop having that fucking debate. Right. What we've chosen is to make murder illegal in certain circumstances, which, by the way, governments do. We murder inmates who were found guilty of premeditated murder. Well, I mean, but okay. well, the, well the, you know, life, of course, I no, agree no, with you. We make, we make, we, but are you mur- mur- if murder is legally defined as killing a person, the question is, is a person. You're killing a person. Yeah, because if you don't is, fuck with Is the embryo, be, yeah, is the. That's not the, that's not the debate to have. This is a ridiculous debate. If you don't fuck with that embryo, it's going to be a person. So what this really comes well, down to is, well, that is okay, okay. What it really comes down to is what Bill Clinton said. Only he said it in a political slogan, and it should be true: abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we make abortion safe, legal, that's, and rare? That's good. Okay, that's good. We 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 well, Bill Clinton said it first. I'm going to give. By the way, Clinton was the greatest political talent of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. He just now was. he was a horribly. 
he was a horribly flawed human being, yeah. but he was a great talent. Right. I mean, the guy was a fucking natural. Mm -hmm. I mean, just I wish I was of age come. when he was really doing his thing. I wish I could have seen it. Well, I was, and I and I and even as even as a libertarian in those days, I used to think of him as a pretty fucking good president. Right. I never could figure out why we were impeaching him over a blowjob. I I never could figure that one. He out. just he just but anyway, he just he, had a great presence, huh? And knew what to say. I'll tell you true. I'll, I'll tell you a true story. Okay, I, another one of my many, many, many. This is why I'm the most interesting guy in the world. Mm -hmm. So, in 1999, under my name before I changed it, I wrote a business bestseller, and I toured the country and did a lot of keynote speaking. Mm -hmm. And but I was, but it was a business bestseller. It wasn't a you know a, a huge you know it, we sold like 35,000 copies, which is awesome. really good nonfiction. But it, that's awesome in nonfiction, where the average nonfiction book sells about 300 copies. But it's nothing like the millions of Harry Potter right. books, right? So. You know, again, I'm a bottom fisher on the great celebrity food chain hmm. at this point in my life, but I'm still, but I'm on it, right? You know, and I'm giving speeches and I was getting about $15,000 a crack to give a keynote speech. And I, and I, by the way, just to, again, a little, I'm a really good public speaker. So I, and I enjoy it because I don't get nervous and I enjoy being up there and it's fun for me. Right. So, and basically I do like, you know, 30, 45 minutes of stand up. Basically, I say things that people are afraid to say out loud and they're all laughing right. because they're afraid to say it, but they all think it. And that's my whole shtick. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. Yep. So at least back in that day, I was, when I was in Puerto Rico, I was, I was at the El Conquistador Resort, which I've been to twice. Lovely place, by the way. And the A speaker, I was the B speaker. Okay. The A speaker was, were James and Mary Madeline. Okay, James Carville and Mary Madeline. James Carville, the Democrat, Mary Madeline, the Republican. Mary Madeline, if you don't, if you're not old enough to remember, was George Bush II's um, communications director and, speech, and chief speechwriter. James Carville, to this day, is a major Democratic operative. Right. Okay. And most importantly, he was a huge supporter of President Clinton. Right. So Mary, so I'm going to tell you a story that Mary Madeline told me. So I brought my whole family. When, when we, I would go on these these paid speaking trips, I would always make part of the deal that my family could come with me. So I'd bring the kids and the wife and we go and, and, and because I was only going to speak for an hour and then, you know, mm -hmm. we're in fucking Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. you know, let's go have a little fun. It's a beautiful island. So I had my whole family and the, the, the conference, I think I was speaking, let me think of what I was speaking at. I was speaking at a, it was some brokerage firm and I can't remember which one, but anyway, it, it was some national conference of some brokerage firm. So um, we're out by the pool and there are cabanas set up. This is, you know, the, the El Conquistador in those days, I don't know today, but I'm probably still is, was like a five-star A-level, as nice as it gets resort. Mm. And we were in our, we had a private cabana and who's in the next cabana, but the Carvilles with their two daughters. They had two little girls. Mm. And if I, if I'm remembering right, cause I, you know, I'm old, but I think I'm right. And, um, anyway, they recognized me. I recognized them from the programs and all that shit and the thing. And we said hello to each other and yada, yada, yada. And, it's, we got so friendly because they're very, you know, one-on-one. -on -one, these are people that are very, very nice, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and you, people used to, I remember back in the day, used to wonder, how did they stay married? They just didn't talk about politics at home. They were just really good about it. Oh, they're I'm, a married couple. I didn't even realize. They're married. Okay. Oh, yeah, they're married. That It, it was like the most confusing marriage in history. Gotcha. Well, it was like wonder, George Conrad uh, uh, and uh, Kellyanne Conway? Yeah, it, it, worse. Mary Madeline, when, when Clinton was being impeached, Mary Madeline was the face of the Republican Party. Mm. She went after Clinton wow. like like white on rice. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So, wait, this gets great. So I said to her, and wow. by, I said to her, what's Bill Clinton like? Because I, at this point, now when you're on the speaking circuit, you meet a certain number. Like I had met George Bush one on the speaking circuit. I'd met him because he was out there speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and this was prior to George Bush too. This is 1999. Mm -hmm. and But, you know, you, you get the drift, right? Mm -hmm. So how was he? Clinton, how was Bush you know, one? I could barely be in the same room with him. 
Couldn't stand him. I hated him. Why? I hated him from because I, I I considered him the personification of everything I can't stand. He was a New England patrician from the political class, born into it, raised into it. The whole the whole idea of family dynasty is repulsive to me, whether it's the Bushes or the Kennedys. Right. I just don't like the whole idea. America's not a royal country. Right. Ten four. Although it could use a protector. But you know, I just don't like it. All right. It, so it, you asked my, her about Clinton. Sorry. Okay. So I asked her about Clinton. She said she said, Have you ever she asked me, she said, Have you ever had a chance to see him speak? And I said, No, I'm I'd really like to. I'm looking forward to when he's out of office. Remember, he was still in office at this point. This is the very end. And, and I said, when he's out of office, I'm going to make it my bit. She said, make it your business. Make it your business to see him speak. You have to experience it. And this surprised me coming from her because she really hated him. And I said, what's he like? She said, well, let me tell you what he's like. She said, you know, every now and then, James gets invited to White House functions when there's a foreign dignitary in town, you know, some president, some prime minister at the White House. And of course, as his wife, I get an invitation too. But to say that I'm hated among Democrats would be a tremendous understatement. This is what, she, right. again, uh, try to imagine her voice because I'm doing right. my deep man voice. But this is what she, this is Mary Madeline speaking to me. And I'm almost telling you the story word for right. word. And she said, she said, when I walk into the room, it's like watching the Red Sea part. That was the metaphor she used. Hmm. And they, they just run away from me. And what I usually do is I go because I want to be polite. Because when, you know, remember, he has to go with her to Republican functions and cut, you know, that knife cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. But what she did, what she said is what I do is I go over by, you know, where the punch bowl or the drinks or the bar is. And I just kind of sit off in the corner and have a couple of drinks and, you know, stay out of the way. Mm -hmm. She said, but here's what Bill Clinton's like. First of all, she said, he's always late, but you always know he's coming. And not because anyone's telling you, because you can feel it. It's in the air. The man has a literal physical presence. The, she said, I swear to God to you, the air electrifies. Hmm. She said, mm. now this is, this is a amazing. true story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She said, then he'll enter the room. She said, what people don't know about him is he has huge hands and a huge head. Hmm. She said, and it's really, hmm. it's not weird or anything, but it makes him even a more imposing presence than you would imagine otherwise. Okay. But she said, the most amazing thing is no one has said more bad things about Bill Clinton than me. Okay. I mean, this is what she said, but he will look across the room and see me over hiding by the bar. And then his fate will, face will light up in a huge smile. And then he'll excuse himself from whoever he's with. And he'll walk right across the room, wrap his arm around my shoulder and put that giant hand wrapped around my shoulder. And she says, I swear to God, I'd fuck. Hmm. Wow. That's a true story. She said he has, she said he makes her go wet. And I'm, I'm sorry, right. that's an adult conversation, but right. that's how adults talk. Wow. Okay? And, and, I, and I said, I get it. I get it. You know, I had so that it's same just experience. This, that one, it's a sexual yeah, energy almost. It was almost sexual. Very sexual. Yeah. Very powerful. She said he's just amazing. His, 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 mm. And since that time, um, I did have a chance to see him speak, and he was. I mean, he was everything, he was everything that I what, thought he would be. In what do you think the We're, secret is? You're a smart guy. What's the secret to his charisma? I mean, besides the physical. He's an incest survivor. He's a what? He's an incest survivor, Inc an incest survivor, child abuse survivor, for sure. As sure as God made little green apples. Look, people who are molested as children, I know I'm getting into psychology yeah. here. I see. Okay. He is a, he is a textbook incest survivor, a walking, talking advertisement to what happens to incest survivors. They go one of two ways. First of all, incest is the unspoken, horrible crime of our, of our culture mm. and of the world. Right. 
okay? It's, it's not just restricted to Catholic priests fucking little boys. It's, it's fathers fucking little girls and mothers fucking little boys. It's, it's uncles, and it, it's, it's just the, it's the hidden, ugly story that is much more pervasive than people ever want to talk about. I'm not saying it's anywhere near the majority, but it's much more pervasive than anyone would want to admit. Right. And so, and incest survivors, and how I know this is I've done a lot of work with these groups in, in, in Big Brothers and that kind of thing. And incest survivors um, are either go one, either they curl up in a fetal position, metaphorically speaking, in a ball and become isolated recluses and just what you would think they would become the rest of their lives and horribly fucked up, or they become overachievers and hypersexual. And guess and guess what we've got in the Bill Clinton. See, what people don't understand, to understand someone like Bill Clinton, you have to understand that when you have a compulsion, and we all have compulsions, right? You have compulsions. I, you cannot change a compulsion. You can only change things you do that are destructive that are not compulsions. Hmm. In other words, you can quit smoking. It's difficult, but you can do it, but not if you're compelled to do it by some emotional problem in your mind. Like if, if it's either that or kill yourself, you know, you know what I'm saying to a compulsion feels to a person like a vital that's part why of their it's called body. A compulsion. And for, that's why it's called a compulsion. And Bill Clinton is compulsive, is sexually compulsive. I'm sure he's still whoring around five at a time to this day, if he still has the sexual energy and why do I care? What the fuck does that have to do with the price of tea of China? But he is definite. And the other thing about incest survivors is, is they become very hyperintuitive. So because they're dealing, it was probably his stepfather. It's probably the guy whose name he took, the, uh, Clinton. You know, he wasn't born Bill Clinton. He was born something else, but he took Clinton's name. It was probably Clinton. And when you're dealing with a psychopath, and that's what a pedophile is, what the kid does is he instinctively tries to read the psychopath, not trying to set him off. Because the last thing you want to do is get in the way of that fucking psychopath. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, it's like trying to read an unreadable book. Mm -hmm. It would be like trying to read Greek if you don't speak it. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot... You cannot fathom what a, a psychopath is an unpredictable creature. However, it makes you like a superpower when you deal with regular people because you're so good at reading a psychopath. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's kind of mm -hmm. like that when, when you I was go, in high school, when you, I was a, you try to go read a regular person. It's like you're Superman. Right. So like when I was in high school, I was a shot putter and we used to practice with an Olympic shot. I think they're 20 pounds. I don't, if that, if memory serves, I, I could be wrong about that. Don't yell at me, anybody, but I believe we, the Olympic shot is either 18 or 20 pounds. And we would, and of course for, you know, a high school kid, that's a heavy fucking shot. But when we would pick up the 12 pound high school shot, it felt like a tennis ball. Right. Well, it, well, it, it's the same thing for, for, for Bill Clinton doing this. Do you, you, that's who he is. So why is he the way he is? Cause he's, that's why when people say that Hillary has, she can't be, People like that are are born, not made. They're, well, they're made through their childhood trauma. Hillary is the is his photographic negative. Mm. Everything he's good at, she's bad at. Yeah. She's just she's just a terrible, terrible, terrible retail politician. Agreed. How the would fuck? she not be a decent president though within our system, as bad as it may be, according to anti-politism? No, no, she is the she is the deep state. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just saying. I think she's um, a I only smart have to say woman. one word. Benghazi. That's all I have to say. Benghazi. She should be in prison. That's all I have to say. I don't have to talk about any of the rest of it. Benghazi. Is Benghazi worse than some of the things Trump did? Biden, you know. Well, first of first of all, that's a false. I mean, why is Benghazi such a bondoogle? Not a real word, but. Boondoggle is the word you're looking yeah. for. Um, I'll tell you what. Do yourself a Rather than me explain it to you, there's a wonderful movie that no one talks about. It should have won the Academy Award called 13 Hours. Hmm. It's on Amazon Prime right now. It stars John, what's his name, from the, from the office. John Krasinski. John, 
John Krasinski. Yeah, he's one of the many actors. It's a wonderful movie, mm. and it'll 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 answer the question. The reason. Oh yeah, let wow. let me just just save everybody a lot of time. Go watch Thirteen Hours. Hillary Clinton belongs just like. By the way. Joe Biden should be in prison for killing that family in downtown. Mm -hmm. Look, the day before he says we can get him over the horizon, miraculously, right. the next day he finds a fucking fan, a fucking terrorist, nine terrorists. Turns out to be seven kids and their parents loading water in the back to take yeah. the people in line. Yeah. That is a fucking war crime, and he should be put away. Mm -hmm. It's and the reason that we are so thick-skinned that we don't even remember this is the very the corruption of the culture that has come from the constant lying. We've become so immune to it that we don't even see mm -hmm. horrible things right in front of us. Yeah. When that came out, I was asking Twitter, you know, do you think this will affect Joe Biden's approval rating long term? Or, or do you think this will just be swept under the rug? And many, I think most people oh, said this... it would be way under the rug by now. But uh, I, well, I it certainly is. sense and, that that the... was a serious event. I personally think Biden's Trump drumming up this Ukraine shit to take distraction off of everything else he's done wrong. He's just trying to find something to go right. He's going to try to declare victory when Putin doesn't invade in Ukraine, except Putin was never going to invade Ukraine. Right. You don't invade Ukraine with 100,000 troops. The Ukrainians will fucking annihilate the Russian troops. The Russians didn't do so well against the Afghans, for Christ's sake, armed with, you know, next with, you know, Enfield rifles. The, the, <laughs> I don't like the Ukrainians, but I think they can very well defend themselves. Just get the fuck out of the way. Mm. What the hell are we doing involved in that? So this is not an appeasement 2.0 situation? Fuck no. Look, appeasement is what the military-industrial complex says when they want to go meddle in someone else's fucking affairs. Look back at all the meddling we've done in the 20th century, okay? And with the exception of Japan and Germany, and it, by the way, we got pulled into World War II, although the, the causation was us. You know, believe me... Anyway, we go back to Wilson. I'm, I'm circling around. It's, mm. it's just that the world is so much more complicated. And that and, and so what was Wilson's big mistake? Hubris? Well, he thought he was the Messiah. He he had a messianic complex for real. You can read his writings. He he thought he was a, he he saw himself he not the literal Messiah, but he saw himself in in messianic terms as that's, a great that's savior exactly, for America, the world. Yeah, he. And, and creating the modern presidency and using it as a, as a tool. And if the Constitution doesn't fit, then mold the Constitution. He took his lessons from Abraham Lincoln directly. Mm -hmm. Lincoln suspended habeas right. corpus. Lincoln right. threw the Maryland legislature into jail. Link yeah. <laughs> you know, Do I need to go down the list of all the shit that Lincoln did? The, the greatest tyrant in American history? And Wilson just took that and ran with it. And with a modern apparatus, Lincoln would have been a disaster in a second term. He would have gone the way of, of Winston Churchill. Okay, Winston Churchill, people forget that the British brought him in to fight the war and threw him the fuck out the day it was over. Because they knew he had a specific talent for a specific thing, mm -hmm. and otherwise he was fucked up. What was Wilson's, uh, Wilson, what didn't they like about him for a long-term governor? Or, you know. Every, everyone liked Wilson. People were, oh no, I mean, people uh, loved Wilson. Um, he was popular. Um, oh, shoot. Um, who are you, who are you just talking about in England? Lincoln, Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln Churchill. Churchill. Thank you. Churchill. Oh, cause he was a fuck up for years. Uh, read the history of Gallipoli. That'll tell you all you need to know. All right. 13 hours in the history of Gallipoli. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's actually a great movie about Gallipoli, except it doesn't go into Churchill's part of it. Just about everyone dying on the fucking beach in Turkey. But, but, um, it just read, there are plenty, there's lots on Gallipoli, a lot. It's the, it's the greatest disaster in British war history. And Winston Churchill did it. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. I mean, people do not read their his, and by the way, they don't need to. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Okay. The average person doesn't. 
this idea that we're going to get 350 million people up to speed, informed, and ready to vote on policy. Yeah, every time I listen to this voting reform shit to get this vote by mail, I'm, I'm like, please stop. Mm, well, now please I can understand don't vote. a little bit more your, or a lot more, frankly, your your opposition to that. Stop. What are you doing? <laughs> From it's the, the anti-politism. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton ran on, on, on a, a great slogan. He read it. He, his whole thing was, at the time, it's the economy, stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. At, at the time he ran for president, we were in a recession and he just he just drilled in on that like a like a laser beam. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's the voting, stupid. That's it. It's the voting. That's the problem. Too many people, too many ways to sway them, too much money, too much manipulation, too much legalized corruption, too many sociopaths, too many lawyers. I can go down. And the this list. is a this is an indictment of both sides of the aisle, is it not? Oh, uh, there is no side. It is one people. Side, yeah. the, the sides. Democrats and Republicans is a facade sure. presented by it, it's it's the it's ruling the duopoly, class. It's right? made up of about it's it's bread and circuses for the sheeple. Mm-hmm. That's what it yeah. is. It's the fucking Roman state. It's bread and circuses for the sheeple. Just feed them. Just the Democrats say, look what we did for you. They didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. They're sending you checks. That's not doing anything for you. That's fucking up your life. You don't see it. Mm-hmm. People who live in the inner city, the worst thing we ever did for them was help them. Mm-hmm. You know, what a father would have done is said, suck it up. And get the fucking work. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I don't like my job. Tough shit. No one likes their job. Then work to live and don't live to work. Some people live to work because they love what they do. Some people work to live. The majority of people work to live. Jo- Welcome to the crowd. Right. Do you think the guy out like hustling DoorDash, driving Uber to make ends meet is doing it because he's enjoying it? Or do you think he does it because he has to or she has to? The latter. Okay. Right. So shut the fuck up. And get to work. What should we do for you? Nothing. Hmm. Of any color. I don't give a shit. What should we do for... Now, now, l- let me be very clear. If you are a quadriplegic or mentally impaired, seriously, and things, you know, There's really, truly, truly... There is. Of course. But that should be a state safety net. And the reason that most government belongs at the state level, back to my earlier thought about decentralization, is because it's so much closer to the people it's running. And every state... What we basically have in the United States are 50 little countries separated by open borders. But the people in Wyoming are as different from the people in Florida as they are in Florida from California and California to New York State and New York State to Kansas. I mean, you know, it, it, every state has its own unique. It's the reason that the states are different, really. Mm-hmm. And their populations are different and their demographics are different. So why not let the governors be the ones with the power if they want to? And the, and the beautiful part of letting the states do it is states can't print money. So since the states can't print money, they can't fucking spend the country into the... And if a state really fucks it up, they only fucked up the one state. They didn't fuck up the other 49. But meanwhile, what you get with 50 states having most of the power are 50 laboratories of experimentation. Let's go to the issue of, of education. Education, public education is the only communist system openly operating in the United States. It needs to be not reformed. It needs to be shut down. Mm-hmm. It's a failure. Mm-hmm. Everybody who has money has already voted with their feet and taken their children out anyway. Right. There are millions of parents across America who are paying the bill, including me when my kids were in school, to send their kids to private school and are still paying property taxes mm-hmm. because they have to, because right. taxation is theft. Okay, It's, it, it's theft at, at the governmental gunpoint. But, but, but the bottom line is no one in their right mind, if, if the, the, the problem when I see a Democrat like Bill de Blasio opposing, opposing school vouchers, I just know how full of shit he is. Because if he really cared about the poor people, that's all he'd do is hand out school vouchers. Mm. Let the, why should they be trapped in their fucking, if, if the kid is smart enough and can get into a school in, in Westchester, then he should be able to go. 
Sure. Fuck them. Sure. The money should be attached to the student, and the student should go to wherever they want to go and let the schools. But see, but I'm not an education expert. Here's what I say. Do away with public education, detonate the Department of Education, and let the states experiment. And, you know, some of them will fuck it up, and some of them will do it really great. And the ones that are great, the other states will copy. Right. And the reason that – and public employees should not be allowed to unionize, period, ever. Not teachers, not bureaucrats. The idea that you can strike the taxpayer is beyond belief. I can't mm. believe we ever allowed that. By the way, prior to Lyndon Johnson, we never did. It should be illegal for a public employee to be unionized, period, end of story. Hmm. But in countries where they don't have public education and where it's all private, like South Korea, there are teachers making a million dollars a year. Shouldn't a great wow. teacher make more Absolutely. than a doctor? Absolutely. Okay. So why don't we just let the market want... let the market make that happen? Let the market. You know, why is teaching different from anything else? It's subsidized. Okay. <laughs> anything you subsidize, you fuck up more. You know, look, just get the fuck out of the way. And by the way, let Wyoming. Wyoming's got less than a million people, and they're all white. So they're not going to have a welfare system in Wyoming. They're going to rely on private charity, probably, right? Right. But and when I say they're all white, there are black people in Wyoming, just very, very few. And the ones that are there are already prosperous and aren't looking for welfare. They didn't move to Wyoming because there's no – see, if you hang out the free shit here, it's like, there's no, there's no fucking – got to read – in a radical reset, I tell the true story of Robin Hood, which is a great story, by the way. And it explains why welfare states always fail. Mm. It is the, I call it the true story of Robin Hood. Hmm. And it's it's a great. If we had time, I'd tell yeah. it. But you know, look, I've got you nearly two fucking hours. No, I, I'm I'm enthralled. I I appreciate it. E E H. Um, wow. Call me Herbie. Herbie. Herbie, my friend. Appreciate you. Yeah. Wow. I am your friend. Bro. Um. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should stop just because we, you know you've got a grandkid too. It's up to you. I'm I'm. You, you want me to close by telling the true story of Robin Hood? It's a good. It's a yeah. good story to close on. Yeah. Did we leave okay. off anything though? We were going to talk about choice, and then we were going to yeah, talk lots about. Of, yeah, I know we did. Lots of, yeah, yeah, we did. But and immigration. Okay. Immigration. I'll cover immigration and then quickly. What was the other? And Robin then I'll, and then I'll tell the Robin Hood story, Perfect. and then we'll get out. Okay. Okay, number one, let's recognize that we're not going to round up the illegals. We've got to declare an amnesty. I know, I know everyone's going to have a fucking heart attack at the A word. That's right. because all the Republicans have been Trump drummed up into believing bullshit. Mm -hmm. Number one, immigrants do not cost us anything unless we're giving them welfare. Mm -hmm. In other words, like every other person who lives in a free market system, they create more economic activity than they take if you don't pay them welfare. Mm -hmm. In other words, they shop at the grocery stores, they buy their homes, they pay rent if they don't, they they repair their cars, they buy tires, they buy clothes, they go to the dry cleaner, like everybody else. Okay, the only reason you don't see them now is because they're hiding because they're afraid they're going to get wrapped up by La Migra, right? right? Yep. So, declare an amnesty. And for those people who are worried about, oh, that makes, they broke the law, they don't get a green card, they get an orange card. We're going to invent a new kind of card. We're calling it the orange card. The orange card, if you come in out of the cold, Okay, and you can't leave it open forever. It can't be you can come in illegally and then get your automatic. It's just like we'll make it a 12 month open window and then close. Mm -hmm. That's another thing the government always fucks up. They always leave these things forever and then it just encourages. Right. It's like they don't think it through. Mm -hmm. You got you, you got to open the window and then close the fucking window. You got to. It's like Colin Powell used to say, "Don't go into a war if you don't know how you're going to get out of mm -hmm. it." Got to rest the soul. Right. Okay, I mean seriously. So, which was very good military advice. God rest Colin Powell's soul. So. Um, even though I don't believe in God, I happen to be an admirer of his. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, so what was I talking about? So I was talking about, yeah. oh, so for, for a year they can come in, they get an orange card. Now the orange card allows them to live in the open and to have, you know, to, to live like regular Americans and have every single thing that any other American would have, except 
they're never going to be a citizen. There is no path to citizen with an orange card, period. Okay, you're, you're never going to be in the lottery. You're never going to be chosen to Congress. You're never, as long as you hold an orange card. Now, if you go outside the country and come back in the right way, you can get a green card and become a citizen. Mm. But, mm. but let me tell you something. I grew up, my family's business was the produce industry. I have firsthand experience with this. And my summer job when I was a kid was picking fruit in the fields of Fresno. Mm. Okay. My, by the way, it was tomatoes. We, tomatoes are fruit. We called it fruit. Mm-hmm. So tomatoes, bell peppers, and uh, is what we picked. I worked at a place called Nat Finn and Son, and I worked as a box boy in a warehouse, and I worked with nothing but illegal aliens. It was me and, and my and and my family had me work there because they wanted me to understand what life was like if you didn't get an education. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I both understood that and enjoyed it at the same time right. because I loved. I that's when my Spanish got good. That's when I learned to love the Mexican culture. Right. That's when I really enjoyed, and it's when I learned about the people that make up this group mm-hmm. firsthand, right. not through some some Trumpian filter, mm-hmm. okay, sure. or some leftist bullshit filter. Mm-hmm. They're right. just people. Sure. Some of them are really good, and some of them are really bad. Right. The vast majority are just regular people. Right on. And all they wanted, and they don't want to be Americans. The point I want to make is they really are much more comfortable in Mexico. The reason that they stay here is because of the idiotically closed border. If they were allowed, if they were given an orange card, they would come up here, do their job, and go home. Right. They would. If they could cross back and forth, believe me, I I have, I had, until I got divorced, a home in Mexico. I was a businessman in Mexico for six years. I speak fluent Spanish. I'm com- believe me, it's a wonderful country with a wonderful culture. And believe me, the Mexicans would rather be in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They're not here to take over America. This is a, this is a Trumpian fantasy. Okay, so give them an orange card, let them cross back and forth at will, go see their family, send money home, don't send money home, buy a house, stay, don't stay. You just can't be a citizen. Mm -hmm. And that means that anything that citizens get, you don't get. But you can stay here and live a free market life and live happily ever after or not, whatever you want Mm -hmm. to do. That eliminates that whole problem overnight. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we can get, we don't have to, see, the Border Patrol should exist, but they shouldn't be chasing people all over the fucking country. That's ridiculous. It's just not going to work. Okay. So, but we have, but real country, but I'm also in favor of a border. I'm not an open border guy. Okay. If, if, if a country doesn't have a border, it's not a country. Hmm. So how do we create, so after the amnesty, what's step two? Step two is you, throughout U.S. consulates, throughout Latin America and with the world, wherever anyone wants to come, we eliminate immigration quotas. One of the problems we have in this country now is we have, we have a level and declining population among people who know what they're doing. In other words, the birth rate is very high among the poor who do not contribute, but the average middle class or above family has less than two children right now, which is less than the replacement rate. We're in a demographic spiral, okay? And we need these immigrants. Otherwise, we're going to have a country full of parasites. Do you understand? And we're almost there. Half the population doesn't pay income tax right. as it is. Right. So we say, so we open up immigration. And by the way, anyone who knows any immigrant from any country, I don't give a shit if it's Nigeria or or Germany or Russia, immigrants come here and work their fucking asses off. Sure. Of course okay, they do. Jamaica. It, it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what language they speak. If they come here, they tend to be overachieving and they work their asses off when they come here legally. I, I, I dare you to, to find me one that has right. legally. Right. The illegals have to hide. That's the whole problem. Bring them out into the sunshine. Sunshine is the great cleanser, right, man. Right. Bring everything out and be transparent. Okay. So now we say to anyone in the world who wants to come to America, you can come and get a green card. All you got to do is get in line, and you here's the, here's the requirements. You must have a skill or trade or educate someone in the family. It can be dad. It can be mom. You can bring, come with the whole family, but someone there is going to have to have. Okay. you. Were, where were you? Okay. Where was I? Uh, immigration, orange immigration. card, green card. Yeah. 
So no criminal background, no criminal background, marketable marketable skill and or high school equivalent high school graduate or college grad, anything above high school graduate, you can come. Just come on. Even if you don't know, even if you're fresh out of high school and you want to come, as long as you don't have a criminal record, they'll they'll find their way like every other kid does. You know, Mm -hmm. let let them come as long. If you want to work, remember, in anti-political America, there's going to be no welfare state, zero zilch none. No one's mm-hmm. going to come here. You'll understand why this works when I tell you the true story of Robin Hood in just a minute. Okay. okay. Yep. So <clears throat> now that's how we handle immigration. We basically let anyone come who's clean. But if but there's going to be a line because it's a bureaucracy and you're going to have to wait your turn and it's going to have to be processed. You're going to have to get your green card. Anybody who wants to cross the, the border illegally. Okay, when you have this kind of immigration system, right? My Once mind, that twelve-month window is closed, right? For the orange we've, cards, we, we've declared it. We've declared an amnesty. We've opened mm-hmm. up the green card system to anybody who has a little bit of patience. That's all it takes, yeah. and not a lot. Yeah. It won't take. Right. We got to run a convincing criminal background check to make sure you're not a cartel member. Or some, of course, in my world, there won't be a cartel because drugs will be legal. But that's another discussion. Mm. But um, I know a lot of. Believe it or not, I've known drug lords. That's another story. But anyway. Mm. I, I'm an expert on how they. You know what cocaine smells like? I'm not going to answer that question. So okay, so the uh, if you come in illegally at this point in this okay. system, what happens? You're a clear and present danger, and the border patrol can shoot to kill. And you know when the border, and when the border patrol is not patrolling the whole fucking country looking for people that we've declared amnesty on, and when there and when there's very few illegals crossing. And with and you don't build a fucking wall. The wall is the biggest stupid, 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 stupid thing I've ever. It didn't work for the Chinese. It's not going to work for it. Give me a fucking break. You show me a fifty foot wall. I'll show Why you. Why shoot to kill? Better. Why that? Because you are clearly a clear and present danger to the United States. You will not come in the easy way. We've made it so easy for you without a criminal background that all you got to do is get in line for a short wait. If you can't do that, you must have the the presumption has to be hostile intent you're an invading party mm. that will and the, you know and listen these what, are the what hard... do you do with these calls for um you know the people i forget the word uh is it um you know when they say that they're suffering uh political distress and so on persecution in their home country what do you do with all that if they fit their background check and we can be- check their background they can come in through normal immigration but mm. America is uh, no. America's going to be Switzerland. We're no, 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 no. We're not the dumping ground for everybody's. What is the political refugee, and what side should we be on? This this calls for us to make judgments that we are not in a position to culturally mm-hmm. or or educationally to do. We we are so ignorant about other people's country uh, cultures. Or morally, this, yeah, even. Or morally, I mean, you know, right. look, if a guy from from uh, Guatemala wants to come up here. And he considers himself a political refugee. That's fine. But I have two questions. Number one, what'd you do for the last 20, 30, 40 years, however old you are, old you are that suddenly you have to come up, up here because there's nothing new in Guatemala, believe me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And number two, why can't you get in line like everybody else and wait and wait until your number's called? It's not a very long wait. If you're going to come up here and cr- try to cross my border without getting in a very short line because you can't pass a criminal background check, we're going to gun you down. Hmm. That's amazing. And That's, you know what? The nice thing about that is we won't have to gun too many down. Right. Once people know you're serious, it's the same reason why the only president in the last 40 years that hasn't been at war is Ronald Reagan. Because no one would fuck with him. Well, Trump too, right? Well. And by, I mean, Biden pulled yeah, he out. Didn't, yeah, yeah, he, well. 
you know, first of all, let me preface, we should have never been in Afghanistan because nation building never goes well. And we don't understand Middle Eastern cultures and what the fuck. And the Taliban was never our enemy to begin with. The, the sad part of that story was <laughs> Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell were the dissenting voices against this fucking invasion at the time in George Bush's cabinet. Mm. And Dick Cheney, and this is well documented, Dick Cheney and uh, Donald Rumsfeld, of course, and all the other neocons were all screaming, we can go in and save the Middle East and change everything and intervene and all this kind of shit. And Rice and Powell, this is right after 9-11, said, look, we're on, we have the Taliban. They can't turn over al-Qaeda openly because of the Muslim thing. And the, but they're, well, they're more than willing to turn them over to Pakistan. And then Pakistan was already willing to give them to us. You see what I'm saying? Because they were a U.S. Yep. ally already. The Taliban was just trying to find a way to save face. The Taliban had nothing to do with 9-11. The Taliban's guilt was they had the country where the, where the, where the um, al-Qaeda was hanging out, and al-Qaeda was hanging out there because the country is virtually ungovernable. I think the last 20 years have taught us that. You know, the, the, the Taliban represent the, the Pashtun, but there's a bunch of other tribes there that want to fucking kill them to this day. They're having a hard time holding the country, even now. Mm -hmm. Okay, we don't want to be in the middle of that fucking disaster. They don't call it the graveyard of empires for nothing. Okay, mm. so so Colin Powell and Condi Rice figured out a way to get. We would have gotten fucking Osama bin Laden that day, and mm. the neocons won the argument. And we went forward with the invasion, and then and then even after we invaded the stupid, stupid, stupid invasion. Okay, we had that motherfucker at Tora Bora, and then we stopped. And, and it just mystifyingly, I mean, and then we, and then we get into one, it's just, it's just like the fucking, it's always the next, if we do this, we do that. It's just like the fucking unwinnable drug war. We get into mission creep, mission creep, mission creep. So look, I would have never been there. Now that I've said that, if I had been president Biden and inherited the goddamn thing, first of all, in another good part of the Trump presidency, I'll, I'll got to concede the good ones. You can't just be bad sure. and remember and i'm like a pro-trump guy I certainly didn't vote for him i couldn't no. vote for a man but whose this, character is that but way trump but... made a deal with the taliban so trump, mm -hmm. trump made a deal with the taliban that was the negotiations going on in europe and the deal was we'll be out by may now he said here's the deal we're going to hold bagram this is written again you can this is all out there if you can get through the noise of the social media so he said he said to the taliban he said look here's the deal and by the way he didn't say it mike pompeo and and the and but you see the one thing that was good about Trump and that and that all good executives is there's a, there's a key maxim in management that says A people hire A people, but B people hire C people. OK, you got me. Right. So sure. Trump surrounded okay. himself with people who were very good at what they did, generally speaking. They were very, he had a, he had a, now, he, of course, he was disloyal and would cut their backs out in a minute if they, he perceived he had an ego issue with it. But he, at first, you know, he would hire good people. And in mm -hmm. the case of Pompeo, he let him do his job. And Pompeo mm -hmm. negotiated a deal. And the deal was, we're out by May. We're going to hold Bagram, which is our most uh, defensive position. It was also the military prison. It's where we had all the terrorists. We had over 400 terrorists. We're going to take those 400 terrorists. We're going to put them in Guantanamo. We're going to get the fuck out of Dodge. And blind good luck to you. And all you have to do is don't kill any Americans or anyone else on the way out. And let us get all of our people out and all of our translators. And the Taliban agreed to it. As long mm -hmm. as you're out by May, cool. Now, okay. Biden comes to office, and for absolutely no reason but his own ego, he decides he cannot have the same withdrawal date as Donald Trump. Okay, he just can't. He just can't bring himself to honor a deal that Trump made. This is, this is why B people hire C people. This is why he's such an incompetent. He's a B mm -hmm. person who surrounds himself with C people, and he might mm -hmm. be a C people who surrounds himself with D people. 
He's a real moron. If you look back at his career, he's a he's a walking, talking joke. He is the mm. intellect of a of a Moulignan. Mm. Okay. And Whoa. I mean that as an egg no, I mean that as an eggplant, not a person. Right. I mean literally an eggplant. The man is the man has got right. a plant head. I should I should have said a cauliflower. Here, let me use right. that. The guy's got the yeah. inte- the intellect of a cauliflower. Okay, he yeah, is not. I don't not... think you meant that in an no, I didn't. way, so I didn't. we can move no, on. No, and I, yeah, yeah, and of course you didn't. So okay, go on. so I just the first vegetable that popped in my head because we were talking about it. So anyway, um, so he changes it to nine eleven. Why nine eleven? Of all the fucking dates, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it's like the most hopelessly stupid thing to do. I mean, but that's mm-hmm. just so. T- and he over. By the way, there were people around him. It's well documented again. Mm-hmm. Who were telling yep. him, "Don't do that. Don't do that." He just did it anyway. Then. The first thing he does is abandons Bagram and leaves the, the, the terrorists behind. They, they were released. 400 terrorists. They're all uh, free now. And, and, we gave, and Bagram was easily defensible, if you understand the ge- geography. And we were left trying to defend an airport. And it was turned into a giant clusterfuck. It was 100% Joe Biden's fault. 100%. Mm-hmm. Not partially. Not right. some of it. Not, his right. generals were telling him, don't do it. Don't do right. it. Don't do it. Don't do it. They weren't saying and don't withdraw. They they were saying keep the fucking deal. Mm-hmm. We have a deal. Keep the fucking deal. Why the fuck did he do that? Because he's an idiot, and he's senile, and he's in stage two dementia. And it's a, it, and the only thing more terrifying than him is and you know how I know he's in stage two because he's walking flat footed. I'm not, I didn't just pull that out of my asshole. Mm-hmm. If you talk to a gerontologist, and my best friend's a gerontologist. And he'll tell you that the flat-footed walking is stage two of dementia. That's what happens when they start walking like, like robots. And he's clearly, clearly in dementia. Mm-hmm. So, like, how is this man? And he was, when it, during the campaign, again, 340 million people. And those two clowns were the best we could come up with, seriously. I know, I know. 340 oh million people. So, mm-hmm. if you ask me, is Trump preferable to Biden? Yes. But what I can, but but what I include Trump, what I want him in two, what I want him there when the shit hits the fan, absolutely not. Trump printed mm-hmm. money like an idiot, wouldn't go anywhere near reforming Social Security. Which if we don't reform Social Security, that'll be the, the gorilla that ate the world. Do you realize we have an unfunded Social Security debt of two hundred trillion dollars, and there isn't that much money in the world? Seriously. Mm. I mean, because no one will. Th- I mean, look, I'm sixty four years old, so clearly I'm, I'm at the age. I'm speaking against my own interest, but I have to tell you, we have to means test Social Security. I'm sorry. If, if, if you, and not just income, but assets, because a lot of old people have tremendous assets, but they hide it. They hide their income. They own lots of real estate and shit. You don't think that they're rich and they are, mm. or they have annuities, tax shelter annuities and shit. It's assets. You got to count assets and income and you can't keep subsidized. And you got to tell old people my age, the fucking truth, which is there was never a trust fund. It never existed. It was a mm. political fiction from the beginning. It's always been a pay as you go. And there was 15 to one workers at one time. And now there's one to one. We just can't, mm. we're printing it. it it's got to mm. stop. It's mm. got we have to replace it. This is another good example of why I like Ayn Rand back on that subject. Why? Social Security sounds so much better than old age welfare, but that's what it is. Franklin Roosevelt just manipulated mm-hmm. it and changed the name to Social Security because quaintly in those days, people wouldn't take welfare. So I re- today that seems silly, but in those days, no one would. It was considered beneath you. So they, they mm-hmm. created this fiction of a trust fund and of a pension. But if you do the math, you never contribute anywhere near what you get out if you live to. And at the time, they set the retirement age of 65 because the average the average lifespan in those days was 63. And so they figured most people would die before they collect. They never envisioned right. a world where people lived to be 80 and 90 and 100. The fucking program yeah, has to, I mean, persuasive. it's just fucking ridiculous. Okay. So now I'm going to tell yeah, a story about Robin Hood. And tell me about Robin Hood. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about Robin Hood. And then we're going to, I'm going to go do my thing and see my grandson and you're going to do yours. Okay. So here we awesome. go. Okay. So 
everyone knows the, the the story that's been told a million times. You know, Robin Hood, the Merry Men, Sherwood Forest, Rob from the Rich, Give to the Poor. I'm going to now tell you the story, the true story of Robin Hood, because Robin Hood is who we have based our entire welfare system on, and is the single most um, evil figure in history. Robin Hood outdoes Hitler as the most evil figure in history, because the outcome of that story has created uh, more than a billion deaths throughout history. Okay, so let so let me explain it to you. Robin Hood come first of all. Robin Hood historically, if he did exist was a crusader, okay? And given the time of when the story was supposed to go, it would have been the second crusade because that was the time of King Richard. How I, I didn't just pull that out of my ass. King Richard and uh, Prince John, who was actually became King John, because Richard spent all but six months of his, of his reign on the road crusading. You have to understand what crusaders were. Crusaders were going to the Middle East to retake the Holy Land and along the way was given papal dispensation to go ahead and rape and murder anyone they want. So Jews and Muslims were, were murdered by the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And the Crusaders were disgusting. The Crusader, do you, you know why they wore tunics? Because they would shit as they marched. Do you ever wonder as they would march all day when they would stop to shit? They didn't. They didn't wear underwear. They wore tunics and they would just crap on their feet as they walked. And they didn't believe in bathing. You look all this up. This is all true. These people stunk like the Muslims who were very clean and, and the Jews, which ritually bathe, as you know, that's what a mikveh is, that, you know, didn't want to go near them. They stunk so bad that they were horrible. They were, they, they were creatures. And this is who Robin Hood was. So he comes back from the Crusades and he's been raping and pillaging and having a great time. And he gets home. And while he's away, he happens to be the son of, of the Duke of Loxley. He gets back. His father's dead. The family estate's in ruin. And he has to do something to support himself. And the only thing he knows how to do is kill. So he comes up with this idea. What he'll do is he'll become a he'll he'll continue robbing, pillaging, and raping, but he'll give a part of it to the local people, and in that way they'll protect him as he hides in Sherwood Forest. And by the way, mm -hmm. the reason Robin's tunic was green was was the mold and shit growing in it. It wasn't because he was wearing green tights. It's because he was filthy and the lice mm -hmm. in his hair and everything else. Because he's a fucking crusader, and he was good at killing. So. In the beginning, the plan worked pretty good. He'd rob from the rich who would come into Sherwood Forest on their way to market out of Nottingham, and he would give some of it to the poor and keep some for himself, and everybody liked it. Hmm. The problem is, it was free shit. He was hanging out the free shit here sign. And when free shit, hmm. when you hang out the free shit here sign, pretty soon people start turning up looking for their free shit. So more and more serfs kept showing up looking for their free shit, and their threat was like extortion. Either you give us the free shit, or we're going to expose you, just like a politician is. You give us our free mm. shit, or we're not going to vote for you. Same fucking thing. Wow. Okay? So Robin. So now Robin realizes... Now, the, the other part that's never told in the story properly is that rich people aren't fucking stupid, and the people that guard them can still shoot... You know, unlike the movies, they don't miss all the time, like they do in the movies. So, mm. so the rich people began hiring guards to, to protect them as they went through the woods, and the guards were just as good at fighting, because they were all ex-crusaders, too. You know, these guys all came home from the Crusades. They were just unemployed veterans. They had nothing to do, but they had similar skills. So they went to work guarding the rich. So Robin Hood had to get some of his, you know, that's what the Merry Men were. He'd get his own soldiers. Otherwise, he couldn't continue to rob. But the Merry Men were all Crusaders, too. And they were just as fucking disgusting as Robin was. And they all mm -hmm. wanted the same fucking thing. And oh, by the way, Robin did try to calm that down. Even for him, that was a little too much. So he got Friar Tuck. But he turned out to be a drunk pedophile. So that didn't work. So, so Robin... Now, increasingly, as Robin is robbing the rich and and getting more and more married men, he can't. He's just not being able to to rob enough to pay all of these people showing up for their free shit, lest they expose them all to you know where they're hiding. So Robin Hood needs to come up with a better plan, and that and so what he did was is what any good politician does. He expanded the the, the definition of what rich is. First, it was the richest one percent, and then it became the richest five percent, and then he was robbing the rich. But 
in the end, he was robbing basically everybody from the midway on up, and even that wasn't enough money. Okay, he just could not raise enough money through his robbing to, to, to pay all the people that now at this point felt entitled to all the shit they were getting. Sound familiar mm -hmm. so far? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, he doesn't know what the fuck to do. Meanwhile, it's causing more and more people to show up for free shit. Why? Because all that robbing is forcing the rich people, uh, other word for rich people are business people who knew what the fuck they were doing to take longer and more expensive routes, which made them lay off more and more employees because they couldn't do keep raising their prices, which meant more and more poor people, which meant more and more people showing up for entitled free shit, which mm. and he just couldn't keep up with it. It, it was a, vic a vicious circle. Still sounds mm. familiar, doesn't it? Now, mm -hmm. his next idea is, wait a minute, I've still got dad's estate. It might not be in the best of shape, but it's a lot of land. It's thousands of acres. I'll just mortgage it and I'll start, I'll start, you know, I can borrow for a long time. And he did. He started borrowing against dad's land. He started borrowing and it worked for a long time. But, you know, eventually he couldn't borrow anymore. He was in a really fucking terrible position. So he called, you know, back in those days, they were alchemists. They, you know, they didn't have any economists in those days. He called the alchemists. He said, what am I going to do? They said, we're learned men. All you got to do is issue Loxley bucks. That was his last name, Robin of Loxley. He said, mm. you just issue these paper Loxley bucks backed by your full faith and credit, you know, and, and people will accept them as payment and that'll work. And he said, won't they figure out there's nothing behind them? And the, and the experts assured him, don't worry. We can turn lead into gold and paper, paper money works. People will believe it. As long as they believe it, it works. You just got to do nothing to shake their belief. But, you know, sooner or later, something always happens. People figured out they were being paid with nothing. The whole thing collapsed and they hung Robin. And that is exactly what's going to happen to us. Mm. Is that the true story? That is the true story of Robin Hood? Or, no, you know, Robin Hood never lived. No, it's a fictional character. Right. Um, what, but Milton Friedman, the, fam the famous economist Milton Friedman, told a version of the story. I just dirtied it up. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, he Was didn't he, tell the part. Of, he didn't right. tell the part about the Crusaders and all that kind of shit. Right. But, That's interesting. But wow. I just threw that in because it was nice historical coloring. But it is true. Everything I said about Crusaders is true. Sure, sure, sure. Wow. No, that's an amazing way. It's an amazing story to get the point across about entitlements. It, they can't work. They can't because mm -hmm. they create as you tax the. When, taxing the rich, corporations don't pay taxes. They pass them through. Okay, they pass through in the form of higher prices to the people that buy goods and less employees when they have to cut expenses. That's the only that's the only place that money can come from. If you took I and this I, I didn't do the math. It's been done. You can look it up easily. If we confiscated all of the money, all of it, of every billionaire in America, it would last about ninety days. And then what do we do? All of it. But every time you you. What we're trying to do is like bleed it off in ways that they, you know, somehow will be okay. The problem is every dollar you take away is another dollar. That's so, so. Here's how I always, whenever I run into a hardcore socialist, I say, look, I don't want to argue with you. I just want to ask you one question. Okay. And they say, okay. I'm assuming I'm in a, a, an intelligent conversation. Now. I'll say, mm -hmm. look, true or false. And by the way, you played the socialist here, Brian. I'll, I'll pretend you're the socialist and mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you the same questions. True or false, Brian? Most rich people are employers in one form or another, whether they own a factory or a doctor's office or just the maids in their house. Most rich people are employers, true or false? True. Okay, good. That's, it is true. It's obvious. I mean, no one can argue against that. Now, let's ask the next question. Most middle-class people, forget the poor for a minute, most middle-class, the, the people, the, the heart and soul of America, most middle-class people are employees, true or false? Whew. Most middle-class people are employees. I, I feel like my gut wants to say... 50 you 50 think the most people no not 60, even 40 maybe no, no not even close 
the total number of businesses I'm in America. Put the landscapers who own their own business. Very few of them. Most of them work for somebody else. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look it up. It's really okay. yeah, ninety percent. It's over ninety percent of middle class people are employees. Okay. Okay. And, unless they have a specific profession, like they're an engineer. Okay. And even then, they probably work for an engineering firm. So here's my yeah. question. So now that we've agreed that most rich people are employers and most middle class people are employees, let me ask just yeah, one more question. Yep. It's not even a question. It's, I'm going to ask you to explain something. Explain to me how taking money from employers makes more or better paid employees. Well, you're looking at it. That's what, that's looking at the situation in a closed economic sense, and maybe that's the appropriate way to look at it. Maybe that's the rational, humanistic well, way to look government, at it. The government wastes a third of, of a third of the money that it collects. Okay, so the, the metaphor that you need to think of the government is the government goes to the deep end of the pool and dips the bucket in, and it grabs a bottle of water, a, a bucket of water. Then it carries it down to the shallow end of the pool. Now, along the way, it's carrying it from the deep end to the shallow end. It spills a third of it and just waste. Okay, that's yeah, another I reason. Say, what I would say is, that's I am, a real statistic. I that's am a very statistic. open. I, I that's good to know. I am very open to the to what you're saying in the sense that I can understand how the process of subsidizing or the welfare can lead to a negative economic condition and See, to cause more harm than it does good. It's because uh, we've you, never had an honest discussion yeah. of poverty. You want to have an honest discussion of poverty, it's mm -hmm. a hard it's hard. Why are poor people poor? Now let's put again, let's put aside the people that have illness and and mental handicap and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying that there's plenty of private alternatives there or part private public partnerships at the state and local level that can take care of the very few number of people that fall into that there just aren't that many of them. It's less than one percent of our population. Right. So why are the they, other poor people poor? Because they don't work. Because they make enough. vile fucking decisions. That's why. It's not because mm -hmm. they're black or brown. It's because they make shit decisions over and over and over. I'm sorry, that's not politically correct. But mm -hmm. the next time you see, I know that we've all seen the story. You'll see the story about the poor kid who's not getting medical care. These were real prevalent during the Obamacare thing. You know, the poor, my baby's not getting medical care and I live in the trailer and blah, blah, blah. And it's always the mother. Again, you never see the father. Mm. But you also never, the cameras are only showing you the mother telling you this story or the kid mm -hmm. with the snot in mm -hmm. his face. They're not panning around the room because if they did, they'd see a big screen TV and mm -hmm. they'd see multiple cell phones and behind the trailer, they'd find the ATV. And, mm -hmm. and, and if they check the credit report of the lady, they'd find out that she's bought and had repossessed a half a dozen cars. Okay. I'm just telling you that these people make one fucking vile decision after another and pretend like it's our fault. Now, the only way they're going to learn anything, the only way any of us learn anything, and I have done some horrible things in my life. I am not Mr. Clean by a long shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not by a long shot. I didn't, I didn't go into it today only because it's in the book. And secondly, because I didn't want to waste the whole show on it. And, and mm -hmm. when I start talking about it, it's, it's a subject onto itself. Mm -hmm. But, but understand that I had to face a consequence for that. And everybody, we only learn by consequence. Nobody, mm. nobody learns from things that go right. We only learn when things go wrong. But if we are consistent, this is why child rearing is so bad. If you consistently protect somebody from their own fucking vile decisions, all you're doing is infantilizing them and turning them into parasites. Mm. Okay, so we that's it. And I, I think yep. we beat the shit out of this today. I think. Oh, no, I absolutely. Think, I think that's it. I mean, it's, I, I agree with you. I, I message received. Anyone who would. Yeah. Anyone who would listen through this entire podcast, I, 
I'm telling you right now, if anyone has listened to this entire pack, email me. I'll send you a book just because I, you deserve a medal for doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, um, it's antipolitism.org. Antipolitism.org. And they'll give you your email address on that website? Uh, yeah, but it's really easy. It's E.H. Ivans at antipolitism.org. Close right off the tongue. Hey, how easy was that? Amazing. Herbie, you've done me a yeah. great favor today. You've given me a lot, a lot to judge to digest. I mean, I say that kind of, that's kind of my go-to line after an interview at this point, but it's really true. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hope so. Yeah. Wow. A lot to chew I, on. Really. I just don't think, I just don't think when you look at all the other isms, socialism, the only reason people still fuck with that is because I don't think they have any imagination. Socialism was also partly responsible for the 200 million deaths in the last century. I think we can quit on that one. It's so just do doesn't say, work. So, well, well, Let's end it truly by saying this. Give me your five seconds on Bernie Sanders' opinion. Uh, old, angry Jew, self-hating Jewish socialist. Mm. Closet communist. He, I've, I've known a million Bernies in my life. You know, as an older Jewish man, right. I've known a lot of right. Bernies. Bernie's not my first Bernie. Bernie's only right. the first Bernie that I'm aware of that's a big enough sociopath that he wants to run for office. Okay? Mm. Other than that, okay, mm. I've known a lot of Bernies. Angry People... I, you know, I, you have to admit the bad things about your, your people as well as the good things. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Communism's a Jewish idea. Socialism's a Jewish idea. Karl Marx was a Jew. Friedrich Engels was a Jew. Okay. Mm -hmm. Most of the early communists in Russia were a Jew, were Jews. Leon Trotsky was mm -hmm. a Jew. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got to admit it where it is because Jews are thinkers and they think things through. And when you're subject to persecution, the idea of socialism sounds great. It does on mm -hmm. paper until you really think about it. The fact is, it's been tried and tried and tried. Now, the, the answer that current socialists say, it comes down to, yeah, but we're not Stalin and we're not, and we're not, you know, those people and we would never do that. We're not Mao and we're not, mm -hmm. you, you can't say Venezuela. We're not Hugo Chavez. We're not, you know, we're, we're not uh, Erdogan in Turkey. We're, you know, we're, we'll do it better. We're smarter. Mm -hmm. Think of the hubris and arrogance of that statement. Somehow you're going to be different. You don't think that all those people, even Stalin didn't start out his life as Stalin. Okay, right. he was his name was Shepard. Uh, no, no, Edward Shepard Nadze was the no, that was the Georgian secretary under fuck. It wasn't Shepard Nadze. He was he was man, uh, you were Gorbachev's, almost flawless today. Oh my god, he was he was Gorbachev's uh, secretary of state was Shepard Nadze. Oh god, and he became the first president of the new Georgia. But well, don't sweat it. So anyway, Stalin um, wasn't born and, Stalin. so Stalin, yeah, he became Stalin, and the reason for that is socialism necessarily every up when when the bigger a country is, the more vicious and violent the socialist leader has to become. And the reason for that is it's, it's, it's a law of socialism that's never discussed. When you, can, when you begin to collect power into the center, like socialism does, and you start mm -hmm. directing the economy either through hardcore socialism where the state owns the means of production or de facto socialism where the state controls the means of production, which is in fact fascism. And that's where we are. Okay, mm -hmm. that's fascism is de facto social is socialism without calling it that. The, the big companies begin to to operate as organs of the state from the center. What mm -hmm. happens is, as more and more power is accumulated to the center, to rise in the ranks with that much power involved, people become increasingly ruthless. So the mm -hmm. person that gets to the top always is the most ruthless person in the system. Mm -hmm. Always. There's no exception to it historically. Okay, look, look at every right. fucked up, from Pol Pot to Stalin to Mao, it's always... The, by the time they start out as young socialists and they're idealistic, but they rise and they start backstabbing and they start cutting out the legs from under people, either figuratively or literally, and they rise through the system. And by the time they get to the top, they're vicious. 
it's 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 the, always the worst seed rises. All these ones that think, no, we won't do it. They'll be a, they're snowflakes. They're going to get put aside by those guys. Guys like that, they might really be nice people, but what they don't understand mm-hmm. is who the fuck they're dealing with, and they don't mm-hmm. also understand the psychopaths look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Think the Adam, and I know this is a, a random reference, but think the Adams Family movie when little Wednesday mm-hmm. Wednesday Adam comes up to the lady at the Halloween party and she looks down to her and she says, "Oh, what's your costume?" And she says, "I'm coming as a serial killer." And the lady looks down and she says, a serial killer? She said, and little Wednesday says, yes, they look like everyone else. Mm. Okay, the problem with these snowflakes is they don't know a serial killer when they see it. They don't have the, they're, they're too busy being idealistic. I don't question their idealism. Right. I just don't think they're living in the real world and they don't understand mm. that by necessity they're going to get eaten alive by their own system. It, all, it doesn't happen sometimes. Mm. It happens 100% of the time. So why mm. are we still fucking with that system? Why are we even thinking about fucking with that system now we're not mm-hmm. capitalists either people who think that capitalism is unfair have never lived in a capitalist country we live in a capitalist country we need to live in a capitalist country and tr- <laughs> that's what actually works capitalism which is only think of this capitalism as as we understand it has only existed in an actual operation it was written about in the 1800s by adam smith but it was only begun to be practiced at the turn of the 19th to the 20th century during the industrial age. Now, prior so when you say to, capitalism, are you just basically describing laissez-faire market laissez-faire. system? Yeah, laissez-faire just means let it work. That's all. Mm-hmm. Laissez-faire is French for let it work. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's what it means literally. It means you get the fuck out of the way as much as it's not to say you don't regulate some things, but you're very mm-hmm. careful about what you regulate. Okay, and you mm-hmm. think it through. And again, in an anti-political legislature, it's not that I'm anti-all regulation. I just want to talk it all the way through and see what the consequences are. If we make, for example, when Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline, he clearly wasn't thinking about that gas was going to double in price in the next 12 months, was he? Idiot. And that it made no difference to world oil supplies whatsoever. It did not cool the planet whatsoever. And all he did was make a gesture that put a whole lot of people out of work and is costing everybody. And doubling the gasoline is something everyone has to buy, so it's just another tax. That's all mm-hmm. it is caused mm-hmm. by stupidity. Uh, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Just sheer, not thinking it through. Who would you like to see run among, I know, you know. No, nobody. It's a funny question for nobody. you. Nobody. Nobody on the political scene that you think nobody. has your attention, interest, respect. Rand Paul. Party? Rand Paul. Rand, Rand Paul would be the closest to it, but he's not going to be president because in, in the world that we live in, the most telegenic candidate wins and he's not telegenic. The reason the reason that Trump beat Clinton besides a giant fuck you is, is that he was much better on TV than she was. And if oh, you yeah. think and if you think back to the Kennedy much election, uh, Jack yeah. Kennedy was the first uh, television age president. Right. And it was interesting because most people who heard the Kennedy Nixon debates thought Nixon won. Nixon won. Was, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyone who saw it thought yeah. Kennedy won. Right. And and Kennedy was the, there's been no exception to it. The most even now, sometimes you have two really shitty candidates, you know, like George Bush and Al Gore, neither one. But. You got to admit that George Bush was much better on camera than Al Gore, who came off like a stiff. It's always the more telegenic candidate. All the money yeah. they spend it comes down to that. So mm. um, Rand Paul's never going to be president because he's not telegenic. He's just not. Right. And, right. and you can't. And, and just like, you know, Hillary, you would read all the articles. She needs to do this. She, she can't. You can't create right. what isn't there. I love hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah. that cackle. Hillary no, bot. <laughs> now, if you ask me who I think is going to be president, like you know, that I'll answer. But if you if you ask me who, who I who, want, who, nobody. Who? Yeah, who? Ron DeSantis, I think, will be president. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think his vice president will either be Nikki Haley or Christy Noem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good ticket. 
That's what I think. For the Republicans. I think Donald Trump is going to go down. I think they're going to indict him for real. I think they're going to Mm -hmm. catch him. I think the reason he's been fighting is to see if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Okay. Why do you consider what happened on January 6th, 2021, like to be an insurrection? We don't, not legally. No. Okay. It was a riot that, uh, but pretty much a riot. Yeah, it, no, it was a riot. Look, if it if yeah, it was an sure. insurrection, and those people should all go to prison. I'm not. Yeah, good. no way. All right, that's, we don't even yeah. need to spend more time on yeah. that right now than that. That's what I, was just I just want to say I one other with, thing. I agree with that. Yeah, go ahead. The Trump crowd is the Second Amendment crowd. If that was an insurrection, they would have been armed. Exactly. Okay. You know, um, it, it, it just wasn't. So, so, DeSantis, Haley, yeah, Trump's going down. Um, yeah, the Democrats uh, have do no. You think, bench. Do you think Chris Christie has uh, any no. shot? No, no, no. No, none. He's fat. Let's let's call it what it we've is. Had pre- we've had we've had fat presidents. Yeah, yeah Grover Cleveland television. before TV. Yeah, 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 before TV. Yeah. Okay. No, mm. no, no. Uh, I guess fat. on the telegenic. Uh, yeah, he's point, not telegenic, and not only is he fat, guy. he's sloppy fat. See, mm. there's yeah. there's there are people that carry weight really well. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know there are really big people who are big, but you you know how they occur. They they occur kind of big, but not jiggly. Mm. Okay, he he's sloppy fat. You know, he's got a little just, too much jiggle. You ever seen him with his jacket off? It's terrifying. It, it, mm. it it's it's why. By the way, you never you know Trump's a fatty, but but Trump doesn't. You ever notice he never takes off his jacket or his, or his coat? Yeah, he's, absolutely. He, yeah. He's not fucking stupid. No, because he's not. He, he knows how to play to the camera. He, he, absolutely. He's, he's a fucking genius at that. Oh sure. Oh sure. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess well, Sandy yeah, on the television. So, who on the left then for television? Who, who's going to run against the Sandy? Who's it going to be? You think? It's an interesting question because I don't think that. See, the Democrats made it would a have been Cuomo list. if they didn't cannibalize him, right? No, no, no. It would never have been Cuomo. No? Okay, who? No, because no, nobody likes New York State. New York State. The only reason to get. You have to remember that most of the mainstream media is is, is located between New York and Washington in that corridor. Right. So you so you see a lot of New York politics that so, the rest so the other states Bullock? don't give a fuck about. What's his name? Bullock. Steve Bullock. I can t- no, he doesn't have any. No fucking way. You're talking about the governor of Wyoming? No, it's not going to happen. Montana, I think. Yeah. Montana, yeah, Montana. No, it's not going to happen. Um, he has no base, and he won't Newsom? play with the. No fucking way. No, again, California not only sounds great even. when you're in California. Yeah. What's that? So who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's the tele? Who's the candidate who looks good on TV? Who's got what it takes to run against DeSantis? Okay, so first of all, when I said no, not Newsom, I say that glibly. He could get nominated in the Democratic Party because they're that fucking dumb. But he could right. he couldn't get elected dog catcher. The, see, okay. the, the the problem is they don't have a bench. What the yeah. Republican Party did really really well it was concentrate its resources on state and local politics. So the Republicans control thirty five out of fifty states, thirty four out of fifty states. Now governors are really if, if you're going to have an effective president, whether he's good or he's bad, but effective in the sense of like getting done whatever your agenda is, it's virtually always going to be a governor. If, Really, almost every good president is going to, as far as administratively goes, is always right. a past governor. Yeah. yeah, because they learn how to run a government. They know how to manage, sure. Right. So, so who's it going to be? Who's it gonna but be? they don't have any governors. That's the fucking problem. Mm. They just, their governors, they have really, right. uh, that's not true. I'll, I'll give you one that I, I'll give you the one that I'd like to see and the one that's never going to be. It would be John Hickenlooper in, in uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. who I, well, he's that's a, who he's a senator, I think. Yeah, well, he's not a senator, right. but, he's, but he's going to run. But if I, but if, oh, but he's he gonna, didn't, he didn't run. I thought he run and went. Ran no, and no, 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 no. He's, he's going right. to run against Cory Gardner in the upcoming okay. election. He, gotcha. But, but if I were John yeah. Hickenlooper, I wouldn't. Okay, I would run for president. And John Hickenlooper is a is a good Democrat. 
There are a lot of good Democrats. Right. Is it in yeah. good in the sense right. that they're not com- completely fucking clueless? Joe Manchin could mm-hmm. win. The mm-hmm. problem is Joe Manchin could win, but he couldn't. But he can't get nominated in his own party. The same mm-hmm. thing is. I'll give you another really big right. talent. Right. Here's the, you think Joe Manchin wants to be president? No. I think Kirsten Cinema might want to be president. I think she's a good candidate. The problem is, is that she can't get nominated in her own party. Right. See, I live in Arizona. I'm going to tell you right here, she's unbelievably popular. All this talk about primarying her, not mm-hmm. yeah. If but for she's some popular by, because she's standing up of she's being her own yeah, person. Arizona is a very independently minded state. We're we're purple. Right. We we go the way that we think is right. We don't give a shit what mm-hmm. color you are, right? So cool. Kirsten Cinema is a Democrat, but you know we have a, we have a very conservative Republican governor. That's Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. So. Kirsten Cinema understands what state she lives in. She's not a fucking idiot. She understands mm-hmm. what her job is to represent mm-hmm. Arizonans. And she's mm-hmm. done that. Very, very. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with her on a lot of issues, by the way. But I admire her freedom. And I'll tell you this. She's telegenic. She has right. great delivery. She's right. attractive. She right. could easily. She could be the first woman president. Now, the Democrats mm-hmm. are, are too fucking dumb to notice that because right. they, they got their panties in the wad over this filibuster bullshit. Which is a very principled response. And her response. outfits are a little bizarre, right? I mean, it's cool, but no, that's part of. But we're, this is the twenty first fucking century. That could be. Yeah. You, that would be easy to spin. I'm not that's, saying I don't like them, but it's a little bizarre. It's I fun. She you, she'd calm that down. That's the kind of thing you can. Yeah, right. you Absolutely. wear. You don't have. It's don't a little weird. Purple. I mean, some of them are a little fucking crazy, but oh, I'm not even saying that pejoratively. Believe it or not, just like if a I were her, the top. I've I've had the I've had the pleasure of but meeting her. But I'm not going to let person. that cloud my judgment of her. Absolutely not. I agree with you. I think she's the real deal. I think she's principled, and and I think that um, I think that if they were if they were to even a success if they were to successfully primary her in Arizona, she'd run as an independent and win, mm-hmm. and 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 she'd win in a walk. The, 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 I, I know a lot of the local Republicans here, and they're not even thinking of. <laughs> there's no, no one wants to run against her when she's up in, in uh, two more years after next year. I mean, mm-hmm. she's really she's very popular. And mm-hmm. this is all. This is how the national press just doesn't get it. You read articles right. in Politico and in the Hill that they're going to have a. Pr- yeah, go ahead, try it. She can't lose. She knows it too. Mm-hmm. Right. She's really Amazing. popular. She right. probably has an. She probably has an eighty percent approval rating, and she'd be a great, great candidate. But she, but the party will never pick her. That's the problem with the Democrats. Yeah, which, and that's so per- fucking. That's blind. a perfect place to leave it, E. H. Because like, just talking about the dis- the difference between. I don't want to say the reality versus what the mainstream media pushes, but I guess let's just say the narrative pushed by the mainstream media, and that's a nebulous term, but you can criticize me for using it, but it is not always correct, man. I mean, plain and simple. Plain and well, fucking simple. Well, first of all, remember that the, the, the model has changed. So when, when I was growing up, and again, I repeat, I'm 64 years old. I was born in 1957. The, the media was slightly left of center but reliably reporting there was a big difference between the editorial page and in the news page when you read the front page of the new york times you never saw judgment but when you read the editorial page it was left of center okay but we trust you could trust the news just because the editorial but that doesn't sell over time what no that's not what it was the problem is is that with the invention of the internet all media has gone to a subscription model and it used to be an advertising model. So when the business model was advertising in the New York Times, I'm going to use them because they were the they were considered the flagship paper. Now they've destroyed their franchise. Just destroyed. yeah, and 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 land the plane for me because I got to okay. run. Okay, okay, here we go. In those days, they had to they had to please a broad range of advertisers from the right and left, so it kept their news balanced. Today, everybody's running on subscriptions, and the only people that subscribe to the New York Times are leftists, just like the only people that subscribe to the Wall Street Journal are rightists, and that's why you get slandered. So the subscription model has created the echo chamber. 
That's exactly right. The subscription model, mm -hmm. well, the internet, which created the subscription model, which created the, the echo chamber. And then, and, and we're not going to go back. So the best place to get your news, I'll tell you what I use. I use Inkle, which is a, which is a service out of Australia that, uh, that accumulates news without ads. And I read everybody across the board. Mm -hmm. INKL. I don't, they're not my sponsor. INKL. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's an app on oh. your phone. It's awesome. I, that, that's right. There you have Politico, The Hill, um, The Guardian in England, The Independent, The Israeli, pay, they're all over the world. And you get a very, they, Al Jazeera and Israel are in the same place. And I can read everything and get it and make up my own fucking mind. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I'm trying to allow my audience to do. So if anyone Kirby, heard this podcast, it was a funny, yeah. it was a fun one. though. You got to be, it was fun. Be. It was amazing. And I didn't have to do a tremendous amount of work. It was a lot of listening and I enjoyed it very much. I hope I um, didn't, uh, as my ex-wife no. used to say, I hope I didn't dominate group dynamics too much. Ha ha ha. We used to no. go to parties. <laughs> we used to go to parties, and she would kick me, and she would sit, whisper to me, whisper to me, no. "Darling, darling, you're dominating group dynamics." And I would, you know, then I'd shut up. Well, it's just because you're an alpha, Herbie. I can't help myself, but but I yeah. will shut up if asked. Nature. Yeah, well, nature nurture. Who knows? Now listen, listen. It's great. Um, I'm very grateful, my friend. Wow. Well, I thank, thanks for having me. I hope somebody hears it. Send me the link oh, so I can, so I can post will. it my way. And have a, have a wonderful day. I'm going to go play with my grandson now. Herbie, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't even know what to say other than have a great day as well. Enjoy your time with your grandson, and I will you get this up right away. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. Thanks for, thank you, sir. Yeah, take care. Yeah. It was a great talk. Thank you.